Valverde. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 321. And we got a doozy for you here tonight, doing a little impromptu Friday show with two of my favorites, dropping the knowledge, giving you that goo. And tonight's show we're calling Friday Night No Natty Lights, and it's going to be a good one. We're kind of just decided we wanted to talk some football and cover a, a myriad of some different subjects, including the week three upcoming. Um, talk about some kind of concepts and some sites and programs and things that content that we like. Uh, that we've been using, and then we'll be talking a bunch later, doing some mailbag, talking about some specific players, long-term, short-term, what are some shockers we've come across. Uh, be a good show. We'll try and keep this one a little bit shorter for uh, pyro-heavy uh, terms um, and good stuff. So uh, on the show I've, tonight, I've got Wheeler hanging out out in um, Baltimore, and I've got Mo. Um, up there in East Lansing. So we got three states. I'm here in Chicago, uh, D-Rex. So what's going on, Wheeler? How you doing, buddy? Chilling, man. Feeling good. It's Friday. Getting ready for the weekend. Yeah, you got, uh, you told, uh, you told us you had a nice, had a little happy hour this afternoon. So, um, you're already, uh, feeling fired up. I'm cranking down my second beer, which is great. Um, usually when we do these shows, I try not to have any beers before we press record because our shows go three hours long. And as many of you that know us and listen all the time, I'm always usually pretty pickled by the end of our three hour, uh, marathons. So if I started going before then, I'd be even dumber and screw things up even more. Um, and I wouldn't be able to edit it. So what's going on with you, Mo? How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I am drinking a tangerine space machine from new holland brewery and uh yeah i had some dinner at the draft house down the way a local haunt that serves excellent burgers and always has good stuff on tap the kids are upstairs with mom watching some disney and i am getting (laughs) silly with you people i love it i love it what is i've seen that space tangerine is that solid is it a is that like a hazy? Is it super citrusy or what? Should I yeah, I'd say c- citrusy, um, you know, kind of like a freshly squeezed maybe. Oh, um, no. I also would compare it maybe one of my other favorites I've been doing is Ellison Crescent Fresh. Uh, I'd say they're very, very similar. But uh, yeah, New Holland, it's kind of a hoity-toity. Uh, and, you know, unless they want to sponsor us, then it is the best place <laughs> on earth. However... When you go there, it's a little hoity-toity. I remember going there one time, and there was a uh, band playing. Dexter Grove, I think was the name. Uh, I was the only, you know, hippie kid there dancing. I had a lot of guffaws and people looking at me, but I was getting down. Um, But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a nice place to go get a beer after work. And they're certainly branching out in the Midwest. So uh, they make a tasty brew, Tangerine Space Machine. I just tweeted out. The link at Pyromaniac or at uh, Pyromaniac Mo. Nice, I like it. I'm drinking a, a War Pigs, uh, which is Three Floyds and uh, my Keller uh, collaboration uh, brewery that that they do or beers they do. And I'm drinking the Foggy Geezer Hazy India Pale Ale tonight. They say a super fruity and dank War Pigs Hazy IPA forged in the collaboration between Three Floyds. And my Keller. Um, so yeah, good times all around. I'll check out that uh, that space tangerine. 
the best beer out there, just so you know, and then we'll get into some fantasy. We won't talk about beer too much. Um, that I is that M14? M44? No, it's M, it's M. Is it M44? Um, I thought I think it's M14. Um, it's by a new Old Dominion or something like that. It uh, is, are, they, are, is it? Oh, shoot, is it I'll, old? I'll, I've I'll, had this. Now I'm mixing all the breweries up M43, in my head. M43. All right. It's by uh, by yeah. It's called it's a by Old, old Nation. Old, old Nation. That is the best beer. I'm telling you, they only have it in Michigan, and I, I've spent a lot of time in Michigan. And I was drinking that Crescent uh, IPA you were talking about the other day. Yeah. Just now, and I had it the other day. But this M43, I shit you not, it's it's the best beer I've ever had. I I, I just can't even believe it. They're, you know, like all of them, it's like 16 bucks for a four pack. I go in there right when I get up to the lake and I, I buy, I buy 16 of them for like 70 bucks. And uh, I feel like a total asshole. And the person's looking at me like, you're crazy. I'm like, yep. But God, it is so fucking good. It's so good. Anyway, let's get into some stuff. Let's talk some fantasy football and get away from some beer. It is week three. It's been an awesome season, obviously, as usual, some nutty things happening. Um, you know, let's we're talking fresh off of uh, everyone's new favorite. This guy's Michael Jordan already uh, after, you know, coming in for Tyrod and, and pulling off the victory for the Browns. Um, you know, Wheeler, what you, what'd you think about um, Mayfield last night? What do you think is a, is a fantasy viable or how he's going to help the Browns as a team a little bit? Um, what are your thoughts? And then, Mo, you know, jump in as well. And uh, what what can this mean for the running backs and Landry and Callaway as well? And J- Joku. I mean, he when he came in, he certainly sparked the team. But it was more of just a, an attitude change. You know, uh, they were getting that tie rod pretty good. But uh, the play calling there, they've used Duke Johnson on uh, a total of 15 plays, I think, so far this year. They're dropping the ball there, and Tyrod could use a dump off guy, and he he likes feeding his tight end too. And him and Joku never really got on the same page there. Um, but I think Mayfield is already on the same page. His throws when he came in weren't super accurate, uh, but the, all of their games just stepped up. And I I don't see any way that Hugh could really go back to Tyrod. Um, but stranger things have happened, especially in Cleveland. Um, I, th- I think if he sticks, it sticks with Mayfield, I think you'll see good performances, but I don't think it'll be extraordinary fantasy performances for this year. Um, is, that, is that from, what do you think about uh, Baker? How does he fuel some of the other elements like the tight end, the wide receivers, the running game? Is he now a better engine for the Browns than, than Tyrod? Because I, I certainly think he is. I My issue always with Tyrod is that he just – it just seemed like there weren't enough – there wasn't a, a deliverance of uh, fantasy football points to the specialty and skilled players around him. Whenever he – wherever he was, it was always like, yeah, he's a winner. He's a control guy. He does, the, he does a lot of great things well, but he doesn't distribute fantasy points on the teams he's on. And he's shown that almost this year as well. Uh, do you think this Mayfield, uh, you know, he's going to be the starter. There's no way they're going back. Um, do you think that, that Landry now becomes a, a nice tool? Do you think, I mean, you saw Callaway, the way he was, that bomb that he was open, 
I mean, you got to be thinking if Mayfield started that game, that was a 70-yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Tyrod completed the bomb to him the week before too, didn't he? Yeah, um, I, I really I, – I think it's more of just the emotional spark. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, when I see uh, Landry getting 11-plus targets a game, I'm all over him. He, you know, people are starting to come out with, do you think he's a, a wide receiver one? I think any wide receiver that's going to get 11-plus targets a game is a wide receiver one. I mean, it's just – it's going to happen. Um, whether Mayfield increases the points, uh, I, I think the emotional boost will allow the team more plays on offense. I think you'll see just more first downs. Uh, I, he, I would definitely see him going to Njoku more than, uh, Tyrod did, but, uh, and I, I think Mayfield will force a few throws that Tyrod won't, um, He's going to throw some interceptions, but that's just going to happen with a rookie. And, you know, if you let the ball, ball fly around more, there's going to be more points out there. What are your thoughts on, on Mayfield, Mo? Well, on the Browns, a, a few thoughts and uh, the, the Jets. I mean, as you said, Wheeler, it's like they've the Browns, they've forgotten. They've got a player named Duke Johnson who's phenomenal. On the other side of the Jets, they've forgotten about Robbie Anderson. Uh, it's just insane. Some of the usage we were expecting at the beginning of the season, we're just not seeing it, and I, I can't believe it. I mean, so a couple things here. Robbie Anderson, I was really high on him. I just tweeted out something not too long ago. Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks, 2017, same number of touchdowns. Same exact number of targets. Catches were within two. Yards were within 100. Both top 20 in standard. This year, we're talking a gulf of difference between those two players. Now, maybe Darnold's, whatever, getting used to things. He's not throwing the ball downfield as much. But I think some of these teams have to use their weapons. And Duke Johnson, the same. Now, last night, you could just feel through the television the energy. I mean, that stadium was ready for Mayfield, right? They were rocking and rolling. The the boos were coming out. And there was a question I answered on Twitter. And I think, Wheeler, I think you basically gave it a thumbs up. Um, Someone asked, at 73, Dave White said, um, had a question, half-point PPR, Mike Williams, Callaway, or Anderson, Robbie Anderson? And I went with Mike Williams, basically saying Robbie Anderson, they don't even know he's on the team yet. Uh, Callaway is interesting. Now, pre-Mayfield, basically, if you looked at usage between Callaway and Higgins, if you looked at usage, Higgins, before last night, Higgins had more receiving yards, more air yards, more target share. Now, after last night, that has certainly changed. Uh, Both Callaway and Higgins now have 14% target share. Higgins does have a little bit more receiving yards, uh, 124 to Callaway's 101, but now Callaway, 249 air yards to 131. 
So I think it's a good switch. I, I think we all want to see Callaway. He, I mean, he's kind of a, a knucklehead, certainly, but we want to see Callaway. And it's exciting to see what Mayfield can do. You know, I love Tyrod. I will stream with Tyrod because you've got the, the cheat code, the Kamari code. Anytime you get a, a quarterback that, that runs, you love it. But, man, this is what we want to see. We want to see Mayfield. We want to see the Cleveland turn around it, despite having the insurmountable task of Hugh Jackson, an inept coach. They can certainly do it. And it's going to be exciting. But I would like to see some of these players we've been hyped about, Anderson, uh, Duke Johnson, get some play time. I dumped Anderson uh, in a league already. Uh, I mean, I yeah. feel hard, hard to hold. Hard to hold. The thing is, I look on that team. I was so roster heavy. I'm in that uh, rookie, that rookie league, and I had Darnold. I had Powell just because I, I had to pick up a, ro- a running back. I had um, I, I drafted Robbie, and then I had I picked up Quincy and I'm sitting there on a 20 man team. I'm like, I got four Jets. I got I, I gotta I gotta move on from this. It's a little well, crazy. After week one, Anunwa had like 48% target share to Anderson's five. As of right now, Anunwa, 31% target share. I mean, there is, I think you can count them on your two hands to 10 fingers, how many guys have 31% target share or more. Anderson, 11. And like I said, you know, I tweeted it out the other day, Brandon Cooks and Anderson, statistically on paper last year, were basically the same guy. I mean, and look at the difference. As, uh, that just shows you what a prolific offense and uh, inept play calling versus uh, some of these new coaches are very exciting. The Rams, you know, what they're doing there. Uh, they can really use the talent. They, they make up plays for the guys they have as opposed to trying to force it. So, yeah, hard to hold Anderson when you got a Nunwa there. And just pales in comparison to what some of these smart, intelligent coaches are doing out there. Callaway to me looks like he looked like Percy Harvin, he, and another Florida guy. Um, he I mean, he's on the field. He looks like uh, Percy Harvin from eight eight or so years ago. He's got that speed. He's got that kind of girth, and that he's not a tall guy by any means, but he's not a short guy. I think it was shocking, but I think Percy Harvin was like six feet tall, but he looked like more of like one of those five ten guys. Um, Callaway, I, I like what I see. Hopefully, that guy's calling lifts and Ubers and. Uh, leaving the guns, ammo, and weed at uh, his friend's apartment uh, because if this knucklehead does, screws up again, um, he's going to get suspended. Let's move on to uh, Steelers. Obviously, there's uh, we're just going to hit some quick hit chat, fireside chat type stuff here for starters, and then we'll get into uh, a little bit more of the week three action. Um, Steelers, obviously, there's trouble in paradise. People are saying that Tomlin's lost the locker room. Uh, you got Antonio Browns being a little bitch, uh, saying we stink, this sucks, you know, missing practices, yelling at coaches. Like, hate see, hate that this guy's always just so so um, um, uh, so selfish. Uh, sometimes they need him to be the rock. He's the basically their one of their leaders, and he always just kind of goes off script and does this shit with bummer. Uh, and then obviously Lev Bell. There's no news. At this point, I think it's pretty obvious this guy is going to be gone for a long time. Uh, he's serious about not taking um, a uh, any punishment to his body. So, if I were the team, I would trade him. But what do you uh, what do you think, Wheeler? What do you what, what's your thoughts on the Steelers? You know, you heard today um, they're just like we just got to shut this down and shut this up by winning. Um, is that going to happen? Um, 
I think it very well could. I mean, they're a very talented team, and really what propels the Steelers is that offensive line. Um, you know, any running back – well, not any running back, but it seems as though any above-average running back can make a difference on that line, uh, with that line. Um, they've been doing it for years. Anytime it, Bell is out, they have a replacement that's good and ready and can roll. Yeah. Um, you know, and – as far as when, like, tying Cleveland, yeah, that, that's a loss. And uh, last week coming into the jug, well, the juggernaut of Kansas City coming in, you know, that's surprising. And you're going to get some animosity, some bad feelings. And, you know, um, AB is probably just looking at Bell sitting out and he's getting discouraged. Um, but I think there's some talent still there and you know big ben is going to come through i'm not necessarily saying they're they're going to do it this week but um i don't necessarily think Fitzmagic is going to last too long either um that's got to fade out some um but i mean i i like i really like the kid uh james washington that's uh starting to take over as the wide receiver three in pittsburgh uh i I can see Ben and him making a connection, you know, that connection that he never really made with Martavis Bryant. Um, Martavis Bryant had 84 targets last year. There's no reason why James Washington shouldn't step right in that role and actually catch some of those deep balls that Ben pops off. Ben will pop off an early deep ball just about every game, and James Washington should be that guy to pick it up. Nice. Uh, Mo, you got anything you want to th- throw down about the Steelers, or should we go on to uh, another big storyline from this week? Well, I mean, quickly, you know, Connor, DFS, he's still the guy you want to play, but uh, there's still lots of guys out there that you can actually, you know, uh, plug in and play with all these running back injuries that are going on. And, it, you know, it's going to work. And if, if you saw the shop, I don't know if you guys have seen this, it's an HBO thing. It's uh, LeBron James, but uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was on there, and they got a bunch of bunch of different athletes. John Stewart was there. Really interesting. And LeBron was kind of talking basically what Bell, I thought about it in a different way, not necessarily him being selfish, but you have such a short time to, in which you must maximize your potential your earning power and it is not for long league i mean they don't call it that for nothing so if indeed he's he's tagged and he goes out and gets injured i mean he will be making a fraction of what he could have made so even if he sits you know until week 10 or or whatever and so he can accrue the year it's a it's a win for him because he's going to get that money and he is going to be healthy. And yeah, you might think of it as selfish, but really when I watched the shop, I I thought about it in a different way. And I mean, they totally take advantage of these guys. So I don't know. I kind of gained a little bit new perspective. Uh, Just so you know, I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is selfish. I I said that I think Antonio Brown's selfish. Antonio Brown's got the money. Um, I, I understand Levy. The only reason why I'm pissed Levy on Bell is because all preseason on Twitter, he's like, don't worry, I'll be there. I'm going to do what I did last year. And now he's about facing, and I fucking drafted him with fourth pick over some serious stuff. <laughs> That's the only reason why I'm pissed at Levy on Bell. I'm not, I'm not calling him selfish. I get what he's doing. I think, in all honesty, you're going to, you know, in the NBA, there's, there's literally two uh, clauses or rules that are called the Larry Bird Clause. Um, and it's things that he did while he was in the league 
that basically changed rules for the league. The first one was that uh, Red Auerbach drafted Larry Bird when he was he did not um, he didn't say he's coming out to play in the NBA. He was a sophomore, I think, uh, maybe a junior. I think he was a sophomore. He was a sophomore, and the Celtics drafted him while he was still in college. It wasn't against the rules. They picked him in the year. So they had drafted him his senior year when he was in the Magic, when he played Magic in that national championship. He was already drafted the year prior, earlier that year, by the Boston Celtics. That's a rule that changed because they were like, oh, all right, now people are going to start drafting eighth graders. Um, you know, like LeBron would literally have been drafted eight years before he got no, maybe five years because he was so young. But and so, and then there's other rules as well. I think Le'Veon Bell and the next, um, you know, players um, association and the next, um, uh, you know, talks that they have. Um, it's going to be a lot of this, this. Whatever Bell does here and what's happened here is a, a lot of changes will be made and fixes will be happening with guaranteed contracts. Uh, the league is going to have to make, and the players' association is going to have to make sure that people and the best athletes coming out of high school and junior high school and colleges want to play running back. Because right now, I've talked about this with you before, Wheeler. They, if you're the best athlete around, I'm going to safety. I'm going to play linebacker. I'm going to do um, any wide receiver. I'm going to be a tight end. Why the hell would I want to be a running back? You know, There's no respect in the league. And that's going to hurt the league long run if they don't change it. So there's going to be a lot of change that will happen in the next, um, you know, agreements that I think a lot of people think there's going to be a long holdup. <laughs> and it might happen sooner than we think. Uh, so let Bell, I'm all about it. But as far as the Steelers go, um, you know, Schuster uh, Smith is looking awesome. Big Ben's looking awesome but banged up. Um, you know, hopefully Lev Bell comes back not week 11 and comes back, uh, you know, week seven and he deems that that was enough of wear and tear for him. Uh, but to your point and from the shot that LeBron show, maybe he's just planning on holding out saying, you know what, hate me, but I got to get mine. But I do think there are also some owners out there that are looking at this. And I do think it's not a bad move by him, but I do think he's hurting his earnings. Uh, he's obviously not risking the injury, which is the big you know, kill button for his, his money and his career. But um, I think he's hurting what another team's going to give him. But maybe I'm wrong. I'll maybe agree with that, too. I was going to put my two cents in. I think he's hurting himself a little bit now, too. I mean, he might be helping the future of the league, but you got to figure he's giving up close to a million dollars a week right now. And teams might be hesitant to sign him just because of the holdout, not to mention the fact that he – has gotten high before too. And we know the NFL rules on that. So yeah, no, he's got, it. he's got, he's got baggage. So I'm not sure he's in the strongest position to be pulling this off. I, I agree with that. As Stags would say, he's got some warts. Um, yeah. And there, there's no question about it. So anyway, I wish him the best of luck. And like I said, I'd love the Steelers to say, you know what? We're trading them. We're, we're sticking here. We're trading them. Go try and get as much as you can for them. I mean, if, you, if, if it's not there, uh, I, I can't see why. At least a team out there that thinks they're championship worthy, why would they not? I mean, God, the 49ers, the Patriots, give a first rounder for them and say, hey, we want this guy for the next five years. And um, give a first round, make a trade, get some players. I don't know. There's got to be something there. Uh, this guy obviously doesn't want to be on the Steelers. And, you know, I think the Gruden – well, in his discussion and reading about that whole Mac thing, as much as you're like, you are an idiot, you can't do that. 
the end of the day, they, they tried to make him a good offer, and he didn't want to be there. Um, so if someone doesn't want to be there, okay, let's move on. Let's do the best we can. You know, Jimmy Butler's story in the NBA. He's like, I don't want to be here. Thibodeau, the, the, two days ago, was like, he's sticking around. Today, the owner was like, we're trading him. Give me a good offer. If he doesn't want to be here, he's hey. gone. I've done it before. We'll do it again. Um, all right, Josh Cleveland. Cleveland would have sold them for a sixth rounder already. They would have sure uh, sold them for one of those uh, Bud Light Cleveland branded uh, refrigerators. <laughs> There's only 37 <laughs> of them out there across the country, I guess. They'd be like, look, this is a high value item. There's only 37 ever made. Let's, let's. I, well, I tell you, I tell you one thing though. With the the Lev Bell situation, I you know it's opened up opportunities. Juju uh, Smith Schuster and Standard. I mean, he's turning out what fifteen oh, yeah. points a game. Antonio Brown eleven points a game. So Connor, I think, only has about eleven targets, ten targets, something like that. Maybe has ten receptions, eleven targets. Juju Smith Schuster is getting twenty seven percent of the market share. So because you don't have Bell running out for as many passes, I mean, Connor's you know, doing okay, but I think it's really vaulted uh, Schuster's ability, and I think his owners are smiling because of that. So you look for the positive there off that. Yeah, no question about it. He's been boosted. And I think it goes back to I think that Washington's going to start getting a little bit more of that um, market share and that lion share as well. But right now, the, you know, the, the Martavis – uh, targets have certainly been going. I mean, it, it, Schuster's getting targets out to Wazoo. All right, Josh Gordon uh, did some shady stuff last weekend. I guess he's doing uh, the Browns thought he was doing a, 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 a personal video and he was doing a hype video that they deemed was kind of trying to get him pumped up to get traded. He banged up his uh, hamstring or his quad or something, showed up late the next day like, all right, we've had enough of you. Uh, Patriots smartly go in for a fifth rounder. Um, and, you know, here's the question I got for you. Is this a Randy Moss type move for the Patriots? Not saying this week, not saying, you know, even in the next handful of weeks, but long-term, he's still a young kid. Um, is this a Randy Moss type acquisition for him? Is it an Ocho Cinco type uh, acquisition for him? Or is he going to hit the bottle again and, retire on him or be forced to retire on him as quickly as uh Decker uh did what what do you what do you think I'll let you go Mo what what are your thoughts on Gordon do you like the long-term prospects or do you think that this is going to be a a lot of show and no go I don't know it's a hard system to learn you named a few Ocho Cinco Decker uh LaFell uh the name's eluding me you know there's been several guys that did well uh I think there was the indie guy who basically walked away retired after or said that you know this isn't just this is not fun here uh it's it's a hard system for people to learn <laughs> let's face it this kid is not playing with a full deck or you know he there's um some football iq that leaves to be desired here when we're talking gordon and i just you know i'm a little tired of it i don't know how many chances this guy can get and here it is again. And if you get cut by the Browns, now I'm not saying that this GM and the coaching staff, Hugh Jackson, I think is deplorable. Um, not saying that they're always making the best decisions, but if you get cut by the Browns, I mean, I guess if any team, I thought he'd maybe go to Dallas, if any team is going to resurrect him, but I am not buying stock 
in Josh Gordon. I, I'm not believing it. I think the sand has slipped through the hourglass, and we've seen it. it it's the sun has set on this thing. I am not holding my breath. What about you, Wheeler? I, I mean, I just basically think it's his last chance. Um, it, it, he's so athletically gifted. We would love to see him succeed. It, on the Patriots like this is the for me in my mind like I want to see him succeed but the Patriots are like the last team I want to see him succeed on but we've seen all these veterans go to the Patriots some of them succeed some of them they just fall off the map and it's done um I would have actually you know it's weird to say as a Giants fan I would have liked to seen him go to Dallas too I, I would have thought yeah. that uh his football opportunity would be there um yeah I agree you know, it, yeah, it's that that team would have improved immensely. Not that you know. Why didn't they give giant... a rounder for that? That seems crazy. Like, right? Why didn't they just after all the things that they've thrown their hat into over the players with much bigger warts on them? Then why wouldn't they have just said, "All right, this guy's gonna be possibly better"? And I agree, they needed they needed that boost. I guess the Patriots needed a lot too, but we'll see. Um, Dallas go. goes and signs Bryce Butler instead of him. <laughs> like, what's that? Like, uh, just, uh, I mean, it makes me happy as a Giants fan, but they already beat us, so I can't talk. Yeah, wasn't Bryce Butler, hasn't he been dropped and re-signed by that team like three times already? Like, yeah, you know what you had there. Anyway, um, is there any other kind of players or any news out there in, in the fantasy uh, landscape right now that you think is worth talking in this little quick uh, kind of what's happening, rearview mirror, uh, lay of the land kind of type of situation? Or should we move on to uh, let Mo kind of run through some practice reports um, and let us know if we can kind of talk about some week three specific action? What do you think? Yeah, we can go, go ahead, ahead and practice reports. All right. Um, Before we do that, Domo, let me do a favor. I'm going to do a live read here. Um, want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. You may ask, how does Squad QL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. Squad QL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. Squad QL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download the RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. Listen up, folks. Use it or lose it. Go grab that SquadQL app and see if it works for you and makes your teams better. All right, Mo, practice supports. Throw it down for us, brother. Well, practice supports, I started looking, and there's a ton of information out there, and I think it might even be easier just to run down uh, the Roto-Wire, what they've got right now. There's a bunch of information out there. 
you certainly want to pay attention this weekend. But right now, just let's even look at the injury report. Certainly, we know Marcus Mariota. He's got the elbow incident. He's listed as questionable. Last week, the guy couldn't even squeeze a football. So I'm not holding my breath there. Aaron Rodgers, they are not saying it is anything major. Uh, They certainly have never said the word tear. However, (laughs) from people I know, I have heard that they are keeping this hushed up, that there is indeed a small tear. They haven't released this. Now, again, you're not going to find this anywhere on the waiver wires or uh, any of the Twitter reports yet. Uh, I heard this. I'll just say, you know, Dave T. Thomas, he told me from his sources in Green Bay that they're keeping it hush-hush. And, you know, it's a wing and a prayer with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not holding my breath for it. Something goes wrong. I think it's he's going to be out. I certainly hope that doesn't happen, but it is certainly interesting that you know how tight-lipped they are being. And Dave T is telling me it's a tear. Um, you know, obviously Tyrod, he, he's questionable. Hold on, that's, that's huge news. Let's let's okay. football rifle off that. Let's let's uh, chime in with some discussion. So you're saying that Dave T and yeah. had, had said that basically. The word on the street is that whatever everyone's uh, Jesus effing Christ at, at the uh, hardest position in all of sports has a tear tear in his knee. Did Correct. he did he um, expand on that a bit more? Can you no. play on a tear? I know I actually read Aaron Rodgers this week say maybe this is in in, in light of this. He said I'm worried that as I play on this, it's going to get worse. He, he, yeah. he said, is that an issue? Is this something like you play and the tear gets bigger? Or is it one of those things where the tear is the tear and we'll, it's going to be fine, no other issue unless there's a hit or something bad happens to make it more? Or is this like you can run and the tear gets a little bit more teary? What do you, what do you, what do you been hearing? So uh, I've been developing a really good relationship with uh, Dave T. You know, I've had him on a lot uh, and, you know, sometimes Dave, he's got so much information in his head. Uh, so he'll, he'll, you know, mix up some words sometimes. I, uh, what was it? I Who, Ju- I Julio Jones and, and stuff. So when I first got an email, I think he said PCL. Last one, he said MCL. Now, this all started uh, from a conversation about Dante Foreman. So I, I talk to him every week. We, we go back and forth. And he just, man, you should see the emails he sends me. It is just this explosion of information on my page just whatever is in his head at the time he's letting me know what's going on and it was all about Dante Foreman and he sent me this awesome uh study that was recently done by like uh, an official institute that studies sports injuries and it was certainly harder for people to come back especially running backs and linebackers but the numbers were much better than I thought with Dante Foreman. Basically, it was 60-something percent do come back and continue to play, although it is harder for running backs and linebackers. And so I said, oh, you know, that's great. I got to keep up on the injuries. If you hear of anything else, let me know. Not even 24 hours later, he says, from my sources in Green Bay, and again, at first he said PCL and then it was MCL, from my sources in Green Bay, they are not releasing this. You won't hear this anywhere else, but Aaron Rodgers has a tear. It is, it's nothing right now that is um, going to stop him from playing. However, if he takes a hit the wrong way, he's done. See, to me, that sounds more like a meniscus than it does ligament or muscle. Like a, yeah. a, a knee sprain is technically a tear. 
but a tear that's going to get worse the more you play on it doesn't sound like muscle or ligament to me. That that's definitely sounds like the meniscus between the the kneecap and the joint, I guess. But um, well, I got the email from him after, so it was before last week. It was right before last week's game, and I specifically faded some of my. I faded. Um, Oh, who do I have there? Uh, uh, Geronimo Allison, simply because of what he said. And I didn't think he would last. I emailed him back saying, well, it looks like he he did it. And then he e- e- emailed back saying, yeah, that week, let's see what happens. So it sounds like from his source that they it is really risky. I mean, hanging on by a thread, forgive the pun, but it, it does not sound good. And again, this is something that they're keeping hush-hush. This is a, a contact he's made over his 50-plus years in the NFL. But it certainly doesn't sound good. And it scared me enough where I'm fading him everywhere and even some of his receivers. Because Lord knows, I love Kaiser, Notre Dame man. But uh, they might be uh, ruining the day that um, they're starting Aaron Rodgers and they didn't have a better backup option in Green Bay. Wow. Yeah. I agree with uh, yeah. Wheeler, the meniscus. It does. It, I, I'm trying to think who the player that had a similar situation to that was in the last handful of years, where it's basically like, yeah, it can get worse, but we're gonna just kind of make try and keep him, um, keep him bottled up and not make not have it become worse. Uh, but we'll see. Let's keep an eye on that. That's great news. Um, I'll be like Rachel Maddow right now on MSNBC. Big. That is just a big breaking story. That's a big breaking story. It, it's huge. I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah. I, mean, I, I certainly don't wish injury upon anyone. I think we can all agree the league is better when we've got these players in there. But it is the kind of information that can give you a heads up. Now, you can't predict injuries. Let's say he's certainly restricted and he's not going to give you any rushing yards. But let's say he's slinging it from the pocket. Lord knows Aaron Rodgers can do it. And if he doesn't get hit in the wrong way, you know, he could be fine. But I think it is a severe chance. It's a very high chance that he does not finish the season. I agree with that. I, I don't, I, that's interesting. The last thing I'll say on this is, and I saw a hilarious meme, but that's just so true. The way that uh, Clay Matthews has been called on those uh, kind of BS uh, hits on the quarterback. Um, at the end of the Bears game and the end of the game uh, this week against the Vikings or last week against the Vikings, it's all because those rules are because of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it's, but the league's better with our best players and our quarterbacks. It's a, it's, we've seen it. When, when, you're, when you got a shitty quarterback, your team sucks. It doesn't matter how good you are. Um, so, but these, these hits and this, these new rules to protect the quarterback, in my opinion, are total trickle downs from the Vikings game last year. And just like the minute he was gone, it's like, um, you know, I don't think they're an upper echelon team last year, but the minute he got knocked out, it was like, you knew they were done. Um, Let's keep going. You got to You got to think too, that the opposing coaches are in the referee's ear about, you know, we're not hitting Rogers. He can't hit our guy kind of thing. You know, like if you're going to call it on us, you got to call it on them. So, you know, tit for tat some, in some ways. Totally. All right, Mo, keep going down uh, some of those practice reports and um, 
Well, yet another reason to like Aaron Jones, who's coming back this week, Green Bay. You might see them try to run the ball more, although they said Aaron Jones is still kind of buried on the depth chart now. he, You know, they're still going with the, the top two guys, uh, Montgomery and Williams there. He's certainly the better back. I think uh, he will play into the, the starting role there. And I think because of the Aaron Rodgers injury, I think they're going to see them rely on the run more. Can I ask you guys on that point? Sorry, I know I just told you to keep rifling down, but you brought up a, a, just a, a name that I think is a league winner. In some well, there's so many of these. Like, I hate, like, you know, there's so many. That's why I, I didn't want to do the practice reports, just the, the injury report. Got, like, every one. There's players I want to talk about. But, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones, man, I, I got him in a ton of best ball. I'm debating starting him this week, but, like, I kind of want to see it first. And I know the coaching staff is saying, you know, they're not going to start him, but exciting as hell, isn't he? Uh, yes, I've yeah. got him in both my leagues, and I know, Wheeler, you like him. Yeah, tell yeah. us tell us where you think, Wheeler, and you as well, Mo, like when I think there's no question in my mind he's going to be getting the lion's share at some point. When yeah. is that? Do you play him this week, or do you got to sit back a couple weeks and let some other uh, some some uh, ducks fall into place? I wouldn't start him this week, although that could come and bite you in the ass real quick because all he needs is one big play, and all of a sudden he, he's leading the team in fantasy points anyway. He, he's the kind of athlete that can break it big at any second. Um, he's definitely the better back, the more talented back. Um, you have to think he's gotten better with pass protection. Like, he, he has to have had worked on that. Like, that was the one knock on him. So I'm hoping that he puts some time in on the pass protection. And, uh, you know, Williams hasn't impressed, really. Um, he's done an adequate job. and He had two tough matchups in weeks one and two. So I think he's probably going to get one more honest chance. But if Williams doesn't do something this week, I think next week he could probably bet on Aaron Jones. Asking for a friend for both of you, do you play – a Latavius Murray over uh, uh, Aaron Jones? Yes. Yeah. Do you play a Derrick Henry over an Aaron Jones? Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> Not, I don't <laughs> – well, put it this way. The one thing I would say about the Titans is that it looks like they're getting both of their offensive tackles back, so that could boost some of the running game. But – I mean, they're playing against Jacksonville, too. So they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be throwing it to Deion Lewis. I really don't see Derrick Henry even getting the opportunity to do much this week. Um, (laughs) Do you have over him, for sure, over Aaron Jones? Gio Bernard, this week. Yeah, this week, yeah. It, with with Tennessee, it's a it's a tough one. I certainly Giro and, and Latavius are definite for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tennessee, Jacksonville, that's a tough one. And Tennessee, you know, it's going to be a negative game script for them, so they're going to be passing. And Deion Lewis might be the better play of the two, but their implied team total of and they're on the road of just sixteen point five at opening. So certainly, I would say between Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones absolutely has the higher ceiling. Because this is Aaron Jones' first game back, I would say Henry's going to have the higher floor, you know? So he's – I guess it would depend on the rest of my lineup. If I need some security, you know, Deion Jones, if I need a home run hitter because I am kind of going up against a guy and it's a long shot, Aaron Jones is the guy that's going to be able to take the top off the thing. Yeah. Okay, I was yeah, asking this guy, but this guy just told me that the reason is because he's got Le'Veon Bell and Mixon where his starting quarterbacks. 
or uh, running backs. So he's a, he's in he's in feast, he's in feaster famine mode right now until Mixon gets back. Uh, he, he wasn't listening to me or Stags when he was drafting. I know. I really wasn't. <laughs> I was not. But here, here who it was between. And, again, this will still probably pan out, but it was him or David Johnson. And right now, as much as David Johnson has sucked balls and as much as I don't think he's going to be awful the whole year, that team does kind of stink. Right now, heading into week three, Le'Veon Bell versus David Johnson. I'm not that bummed out still. You know, you, you know, Kamara was there though. Good point. Yeah, I was but, never, I was never on the Kamara train. Anyway, enough about me. Sorry. Keep going on on the uh, practice reports. Well, I'm not even going to go that far because I think we're going to have to stop and talk about this one. Philly, uh, Darren Sproles out, Ajahi out. So that makes everybody say, "Hey, Corey Clement. He, you know, lots of hype." Talk. Corey Clement is questionable. He, I believe, was, uh, I can look it up here, but I believe it was limited practice. So yeah. you're really talking Smallwood or a Josh Adams. Now, at one point, last year for Notre Dame, Josh Adams led the country in yards per carry. It, it was overtaken at one point. Uh, he was undrafted free agent, goes to Philly. They loved him. They loved him. But he was on the practice report, and he was about to be uh, go to waivers where other teams could claim him, and Philly did not want that to happen, so Philly signed him. Now, whether that's because they liked what they saw, he was a little banged up preseason, but they did like what they saw. Certainly it has to do with the injury situation. As I just said, the, the number one and number two are out. Clement is questionable. Uh, but I picked him up in Dynasty because I just don't think Smallwood is the guy. And, you know, sometimes all you need is a play. I'm not saying that he's going to be a start this week. I'm just saying he's a guy to keep an eye on because of the injuries there in Philly. Like it. I, yeah. I would say Clement is a product. Well, it, it it looks like he. they said he should be fine. I would think I think Clement is a, a good start this week. Um. And I was also, I'm actually kind of, I've been picking up small wooden dynasty where I can find them just in case. Um, Josh Adams, it, I don't know much about him. I've heard some hype about him. Is he a pass catching guy? No, he's really more of a bruiser. He is. Um, All right. It, it, so I could I could see Smallwood being the pass catcher and Josh Adams being the bruiser. Now Clement, just so we're clear, he he did only get in a limited practice today, and right. um, part of the reason you know why he's questionable, he couldn't go full practice. Guys that can't go full on Friday always concern me. I think he, you're right. I think he is going to go, but it, it's certainly no, something I, to keep an eye on. I like the way you're thinking for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if Clement for some reason is out, Josh Adams is, I mean, he's definitely a dynasty must add. I'm going to search for him right now. Um, yeah. I picked him yeah, up in it, dynasty. I'm not paying attention in redraft now. <laughs> not to say, I mean, I'm right. a Notre Dame fan. I saw this kid. He is good. I was surprised he did not get drafted. I was happy that he got picked up by Philly. And again, the thing that really. It makes me think there's something there. I mean, I, I granted, I'm tainted, man. I am a Notre Dame fan, born and bred. I freaking watched this guy. I, I went to a game last year. I'm going to go next week. 
However, the thing that really gets me is that before, you know, the terminology, I'm not sure, but before he went to waivers, before he went to the position where any other team can make a claim on him, they did not want that to happen. So they brought him up from practice reports because they felt another team was going to sign them. Again, they had motivation because of the injury situation, but he had some talk. Uh, Philly fans really liked him. He, he shined a couple times in the preseason or shined a couple times in camp and then got a little banged up in preseason. You know, that's why they kept him on the squad. But I'm saying in, in dynasty, he is a guy to look at because Smallwood doesn't really do it for me necessarily. Although, you know, we've seen what some of these pass catching backs can do. Uh, Chris Thompson, uh, they're, they're Josh White or uh, White for New England. We've seen some of these pass catching backs take over in, in PPR, but. I like Adams and Dynasty, and given the right situation, he could be the guy. We got bone on bone. We got bone on bone on Jai, who's yep. already banged up, um, which isn't singing pretty. 50-year-old sprawling with my homie. Yeah, exactly. Sproles is just like, come on, let's be honest. I love the guy, but he's it, – it's just – he's it, there's, there's no long-term – there's no way he's going to be able to – handle a load and then they got rid of uh LeGarrette Blunt, who in all honesty was was a huge component for their success last year and when I don't know much about you know Josh Adams but body type and, and look and feel he, he's got a lot of that um LeGarrette Blunt kind of um uh, symbiotic uh, I don't know seems very similar to that uh so that's a great little kind of foreshadowing you know maybe weeks in the future or if Clement is truly banged up or gets hurt early in this week and all of a sudden Josh Adams starts rolling with the homies um he could be uh, he's on the right team yeah uh, another one to watch I think is what's going on with uh Minnesota right so Cook he is out so this should be a smash game against Buffalo. So Latavius Murray. Now Boone, another guy there, because we've seen Eckler, we've seen RB2s on a team, not fantasy, like second running backs on a team, do well against Buffalo because the team is up by so much, right? So Boone, he's already questionable. Latavius Murray, man, uh, this could be a, a, a route Uh we they are tied with Detroit Buffalo for giving up the most points per game, thirty nine points. Bills giving up the second most fantasy points to the running back position in PPR. So I, I'm excited about Latavius Murray uh, Wheeler. What do you think? Am yeah. I? I'm psyched. Of, I'm super psyched about Latavius just because. <laughs> Looking back, I'm over 40% on him in uh, all those best balls preseason. So I'm hoping he comes in and he booms. Um, You know, I got him late. So whenever I saw him, I would just scoop him up. And, yeah, this would be the week. If I could choose any week for him to start, this would be it. Um, A guy I'm also keeping an eye on there, though, is Rock Thomas. Um, He he won me money in uh, preseason DFS. And uh, he made the 53-man 50, roster to start the season. He's pretty yeah. explosive. And uh, he has some pass-catching ability. And uh, he, he profiles as a, a three-down back. Um, you know, he, he hasn't been able to emerge because of those guys in front of him. And he wasn't necessarily highly touted coming out of college. But 
you know, this would be his opportunity, especially if it's a blowout game. I mean, yeah, Latavius Murray's a backup, but if you're up 40 to nothing or something ridiculous, like the Vikings could seriously be, you know, you don't want to overuse them and you want to be able to give those guys a chance. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, a little bit of Rock Thomas peeping in there. And uh, I haven't seen any reports on Boone being healthy or not, but he's on my radar too. Yeah, Boone is questionable. I believe got a limited practice, and like right. I said, you know Eckler last week smashed when he went against Buffalo. And goodness right. gracious, this thing opened up at sixteen and a half points. Yeah. I mean, you could see Murray just cruise and have a great game, and they could easily go to Thomas. So that's that's a, that's a good call. It could be a GPP call in um, some tournament plays. Can I, uh, can I bring up just a bit of a uh, strategery and um, use my shortcomings and a mistake that I made literally yesterday with 10 minutes to go before the Thursday night game um, so that you guys uh, and our listeners out there don't make the same mistake. When it comes to Thursday night football games, make sure when you're playing a guy and you know you're playing him, make sure you play him at the position that he plays and not the flex. Not the flex. The last night, I, I put in I, I, my all this team in my big money league. It's all banged up. It's just insane how many red crosses there are on my team. Um, I put in I had to put in Marvin Jones, who I was happy with at wide receiver, and then I was going back and forth, and I put in Quincy and Nunwa, who I knew was playing, and I got my wide receivers are both didn't play last night and Thursday, and I had Quincy and Nunwa as my flex, and now. I was able to pick up this morning Latavius Murray, and now I basically can't play the guy because I own Bilal Powell as my running back that I had to play. And I had to play him last night. So last night I played three friggin' Jets because I have a rookie league where I have Darnold, and I had to play uh, – I didn't have Murray at this point last yesterday. So I played um, – him at running back, which is which is fine. I like Powell. I like. I thought he was going to be all right, but I, I put in a noon one instead of a wide receiver. I put him in at flex. If I put him in a wide receiver, I would be able to play Latavius Murray tomorrow or on Sunday. As a result of not doing that, and Marvin Jones now all of a sudden came up on the injured list today or yesterday, um, so he's injured. So my, my whole thing. Just trying to tell you guys, if you guys are playing Thursday night people and you've decided this guy is playing, do not play them in the flex spot. Yeah, you always want to, you know, we should, this has got to write a book about this stuff, but these are the little fine points, right? You got to look at what time guys are playing. And absolutely right. You want to keep that flex spot open. Even if you think your lineup is perfect and a smash. I'm going to put in a guy that's playing later. If I got three running backs that I like, I'm going to play the guy that's playing last in my flex spot, just in case I need to make a switch. You need to do something. Uh, that's words of wisdom. My friend Yoda ask. Yeah. Too bad. I didn't use them, man. I was, I, I, I was sitting there. I started grilling. I thought everything was gold grams and I started having second. Uh, I'm, I'm not good on my smartphone. I'm totally a computer guy. I'm in front of my computer so often that, like, when I get into these small zones, I'm like, eh. And I was sitting downstairs uh, grilling and, and chilling out kind of at the downstairs, having a couple beers. And 
sauteing some uh, green beans, and I started being like, oh, 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 and I made it a change. I was psyched on my changes, but ah, I realized when I got I'm like, you played a noon lot to fucking flex, you idiot. Now all of a sudden, now I have to take out a good running back if I want to play running back for Latavius, which I'm not going to do. And I got to, now I know that Marvin Jones was injured and I'd love to not play him and have had Noonwa already played there. And I can still play Marvin Jones if I want on Saturday or Sunday, but instead now I'd be able to play Latavius. I know this shit. I, I do this for a living. And yet I still don't even fuck. Not, not Yoda-esque at all, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, and then I, I got do high, that. then I got high, then I got high. <laughs> I always do that stuff Tuesday morning. Like the first thing I do after the new week sets in is just put the the guy in my starting lineup that starts the latest game, whether it's Sunday night or Monday or whatever. I put that guy in my flex just so I know it's locked in there. But you would figure these websites by now would adjust. And just if you have somebody in your flex that starts on Thursday, they like it would auto bump them to the position. Like, yeah. Yeah. A little bit behind the times. You you would figure, you know, there's plenty of people playing and people that know far less than us that make that mistake all the time. You figure the website would just plop it into to the position for them. I like I like the way you think, Wheeler. I'm not gonna be mad at myself anymore. I'm mad at CBS Sports. Thank you. Thank you. Um <laughs> right, let's keep going and rocking through and uh getting some guys and uh in the practice sports and we still got a lot of stuff yeah. to cover, but I yeah, I, baby. So there, there's a couple of good ones here. So uh, Philly, right? We got Wentz coming back. They may lean a little bit more on the run game. His first game back, maybe they're bringing him back a little bit early because of the quarterback play. Who knows? We've got. Um, I'm sorry, we already covered Philly. Did we cover that? Covered Philly. So I'm moving on down and cracking a Valverde because I sure need one. Valverde. Uh, another one that I'm watching though, just like we brought up Josh Adams in dynasty Jacksonville, you've got Fournette who's a technically listed as questionable. You've also got Yeldon listed as questionable. I don't think Fournette's going to go. I've heard the coaches kind of being doubtful. I've even heard, I think it was on Roto grinders say that they're trying to break information, you know, break the news say that Fournette was out. Now I have not seen that. I've heard it. I'm looking at it right now. It's saying questionable but if you're in dynasty and you've got a position you've got a spot you can fill uh there's a guy i took in my draft Corey grant now pff you know how they do the grades every year if you look back to 2017 and if you if you look at a running back you can get the rushing grade you can get the passing grade and you can get the overall if you look 2017 the rushing grade Corey Grant was the top running back rushing grade from PFF, and he could be getting some serious game time with Jacksonville. Now, you're going to have to watch the, the reports, certainly. I do think Fournette's going to be out. Yeldon, you know, questionable. He may go, but he's a guy you can certainly file away uh, for dynasty. Another one that I think is kind of important, Spencer Ware. He popped up on the injury report. Uh, he was practicing in full, no sign of this, but popped up today. Now, I don't know exactly what this means, but Hunt, for you DFS players, 
Kareem Hunt, the man who led the league last year with rushing yards. He's only 6,000 on DraftKings. Now, let's look at this team. They took Kelsey. Took him a little while to get involved. We know Mahomey is the second coming, right? However, don't you think they're going to want to vary it up a little bit before defenses get tape on Holmes? I think they're going to try to get the ball to Hunt, and this is a smash game. I mean, this could be the highest scoring game of the week. So I could easily see, there's no, you know, Mahomes is going to regress. He's not going to score five touchdowns every game. So Hunt, who's been a little disappointing, I think he could have a decent game here, especially if Spencer Ware doesn't go, because then he's going to basically lock up all the touches. So I think Hunt could be a good one uh, just because of the situation there. So while we're on either of these two, I, what do you guys think, Jacksonville KC? I totally love that take, but I don't think the wear injury necessarily makes me think that. I think Hunt's going to be due. I think this team is is going to start having to change it up. So I, I like that call. I think Hunt owners probably are a little worried right now, but he's going to be fine in the end. They shouldn't be. He's eighth in the league in overall touch share. Uh, they've just been scoring from 60 yards downfield. So they, yeah. he hasn't had the red zone <laughs> touches. You know, they score at will from anywhere. I think because Ware's gone, he's going to get more of the look. If Ware's gone, he's going to get more of the looks. And like you said, they've got to vary this up. We can't keep riding Mahomes. You just can't. So I think this could be a hunt game. Because it, we said it, uh, I remember I was saying it all off season. because their defense has been so pilfered, and because we knew the style that Mahomes played and with all that talent, adding Watkins, having just that speed, best second or first or uh, best tight end in the league, that backfield, like they're, the Chiefs are going to be the highest scoring team in, in football this year. I just we, I said it all offseason, and they're, they're just going to have to – they have no choice but to put up major this – is, this is Phoenix Suns and Mahomes is Steve Nash. Uh, it's as simple as that. Well, right now, this game, it started as the second highest opening, 52.5. Uh, it, this is the highest scoring game of the week, 56 last time I checked. Uh, it, this could just be a smash game. Great. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm in full agreement with Hunt play this week for sure. Now, there's several others. I I, I don't want to take too long, but let me just at least point out, we kind of already breezed over this, but Gio Bernard, DFS, I think he's a great cash play. If you look back without uh, Mixon last year, he averaged 17 touches a game. Uh, Another decent DFS play and a guy you expect just because of the injury situation, Coleman. I think he's also a cash play. Julio's uh, not practicing right now. You know, he'll probably go, but... Without Freeman, he's averaged 20 touches. And facing the Saints, who have surrendered 33 NFL points per game, that's the third most. So two other nice plays this week, especially DFS, or if you've got, you know, uh, if, if you've already picked them up on the waiver wire, Geo and Coleman. Do you guys like both? Do you have a favorite there? I like both. Um I was a little bit, I think I was a little bit off Coleman just because of his price. There are so many uh, in DFS anyway, there are so many people, uh, players comparably priced that I was off Coleman. Gio, I definitely like, um, he's going to get all the touches. The only, uh, the only player that could even cut in is Walton. And, uh, although he is, he profiles as basically the same player as Gio, 
you know, he's a rookie and uh, Marvin Lewis doesn't play rookies. So uh, yeah, I think it's Gio all the way there. Um, as far as head to head, I'd have to look good. They're really close. DraftKings, you save real quick. DraftKings, you save 500. Coleman, 6,400. Gio's 5,900. I fear with Gio. The only thing that I fear with him, and I'm not even talking about DFS, I'm just talking about some of these things that I've noticed over the years when every expert out there, even the ones that I totally love and respect, are so on board with a player that he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. It kind of, and everyone's on top of it and just licking their chops at at, at what's going to happen. Like they are with Gio and less so a little bit with Clement, but it seems like it bites you in the ass a little bit. It's a little underwhelming. That's my only fear with, with the Geo thing. I like him. I think he's a great replacement for Mixon, obviously. But you got everyone like, he's better than Mixon. Oh, this is the best pickup of the season. Oh, you get to see it, how good Geo lives for this. And it's like, I agree with all that. But then when you kind of apply it to real game and you're so fired up, you think you just threw in friggin' um, Barry Sanders in your lineup on a, a week three pickup. It just kind of is like, oh, this is why he's Giovanni Bernard and he was available on the waiver wire. That's my only fear with him. It's just kind of. So, this is what I was looking at actually too. Is that uh, a thousand less than Coleman on DK? Um, you got Matt Brieta, um yeah. going up against Kansas City, who's obviously is the highest point scoring uh, game of the week. So that would be the play. Yeah. At that price. I like I like Brita. Uh, as you say, the Kansas City. You know, if you're going to game stack, there, there's a couple game stacks to go. As three games open over fifty, this is a hell of a one to go against uh, Kansas City, who is surrendering the most receiving yards to opposing rushing uh, opposing running backs. Most receiving yards. That is Brita's wheelhouse. Uh, two weeks, two hundred and sixty-one receiving yards to opposing backs, and a touchdown. Now, uh, Brita, I think, is absolutely the, the call there. I, I like that a lot. I mean, hell, even Alf, uh, five carries inside the 10. Uh, that's just a game with fantasy goo dripping all over it. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, keep going on the practice part. I am going to mention, just so you guys going off of our little notes, um, our show notes, I'm going to can, just so that we can get ahead of the game here, I'm going to can the tweets from week three part. Um, so we're going to skip over this. So when you're done, Keep going with your practice reports. Unless there's something you absolutely love, Mo, there. If there is, if there is, I'll bring it up, and I I can try to speed up a little bit. I think the only other really running back you want to pay attention to is Indy. (laughs) We're talking Indy, so I don't know if you really want to pay attention to running backs there. But uh, Marlon Mack. I'm going to go take a dump right now. I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Marlon Mack, he's officially out, but goodness gracious, uh, it's Indy. Um, so that's it really for the running back injuries. I mean, there's still, you know, running back to talk about. Gurley is a smash, uh, pick this week. He's a great cash play. Of course, Kamara is a double cash play, uh, a great cash play. I should say, um, he's going up against the Falcons. who I think their middle linebacker is out. I mean, look what McCaffrey just did to this team. So certainly those are the big guns there. Um, do you have a preference, Wheeler, between Gurley 
and Kamara, I mean, you're going to be hard-pressed to get both of them in. And honestly, with all these yeah. running backs we've talked about, I might fade both. Uh, now, not GPP. I would get a little bit of both. But in cash, I might fade both and go with, uh, you know, a, a Geo or, uh, you know, maybe a Clement if he's there, Latavius Murray, um, Coleman, some of these running backs we've talked about, and then maybe buy up at the wide receiver position. But if it's between Gurley, Kamara – I mean, is it a coin toss, do you think? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I think I would lean Kamara this week. I, I, I leaned Kamara week one. I leaned Gurley last week. Uh, really, the, I mean, they both have so much opportunity and do so many things with the ball that you you probably can't go wrong with either one. But yeah. the, I think I, w- I would lean Kamara a little bit this week in Atlanta. I, I feel as though that's going to be a shootout, too. Yeah, there's lots of good game games to stack. Let me ask you another running back. Uh, we just talked probably, you know, the top two, Bell, when we were drafting. Do you have answers with David Johnson? What in the hell? is Does McCoy, is it time for him just to go uh, retire, get on a boat, and go deep-sea bass fishing with Jeff Fisher and try to pick up single moms on Sunday in the marina? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, McCoy, Jeff, I'm on my way, fellas. Let's go get him. That seems like what he's good for. And honest to God, this, uh, if you've seen a picture of Jeff Fisher, doesn't he look like the guy that's going to hit on your mom at the marina on Sundays? Hey, Betty, oh, yeah. come over here and have a, have a look at my new boat. That got some running, got some running lights down in the cabin. The old bags love him. Uh, he, he, he's, he's Jeff Fisher can go to any any uh, Jimmy Buffett concert and just crush on some of the some of the older bags around there. So, but with McCoy, or I'm sorry, well, McCoy calling the plays in Arizona, and I know they've everybody, their brother knows you need to get David Johnson the ball. And my God, their offensive line is so terrible. But David Johnson should be game script proof if they're up. Run them the ball. If you're down, pass them the ball. Should be game script proof. Do these guys really? Is it McCoy? I mean, what the hell is going on? It's certainly McCoy trying to implement his core offense. Um, he has in the past adjusted, and I'm trying to find. I had it written somewhere. I can't find it right now. But um, they need to get him out in space. They need to line him up in the slot, really. And, and they've said that they're going to change things up and get him out in the slot a little bit more this week. But, uh, you know, I had DJ ranked number one in PPR to, uh, in on my uh, draft ranking. I did too. So I, I, I'm severely disappointed, but I really feel as though I, they have to wake up and see what's going on. They have one of the best players, if not the best running back in the <laughs> NFL that, you know, and he, he, he succeed, most, a lot of his success came out of the running from the slot. So they have to give him, get him in that slot position, especially when they're down. They, they need to open up that offense a little bit. Like, and I'm not quite sure what the hell Bradford's doing either. Like, I expected more from him. You know, he's always, he always gets injured. But usually when he plays, he is a solid quarterback and usually puts up decent fantasy numbers too. But, like, that whole offense just seems completely inept. I have no idea what they're doing. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think that 
if they don't start to give David Johnson the ball more, uh, either in the running game or the passing game, they're going to get canned. Like, yeah. there's just no – they're not going to survive. Yeah, I, they might they might get lynched in the streets there in uh, Tempe and Phoenix. I mean, good God. I think, bigger, I think their problems are bigger all around, but it's got to – you definitely – you've got a couple great little cogs in the wheel that aren't really being – uh, clean fed, so that's step one. But I, I think I think there's some issues in 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 Arizona. Uh, I think they were able to kind of play above and beyond their their pay grade last year, and uh, that paid off. Um, maybe that's because Dave Johnson went down so early, but paid off for you know Fitz probably only. But um, I, I'm, a, I'm I'm worried about that offense and and just that team. Right now, and they even came out. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be wondering how far, how how far away Josh Rosen is, where the way that Bradford's played so far that they haven't kind of handed the baton off to this guy. Um, let's keep an eye. It's two weeks. Let's not get crazy on it. Right. Um, I know you guys aren't, but uh, you're all on board with that. David Johnson. It's like week three. If this guy doesn't lead the league in targets, touches, and looks, um, I would be I would be pretty surprised and agree with you that uh, some of that uh, the head coach and offense coordinator are going to be uh, joining Fisher down at the uh, Billy Joel show at, in the Bahamas this uh, this fall. And I do think it's important to say don't people overreact in this business. You're not trading or, or getting rid of. David Johnson at this point, I mean, he's a, he's a hold, I would say, but don't overreact yet. I mean, this guy, you just need a chance with him. I mean, give him the ball enough times. He, he is that good where he can overcome an atrocious offensive line and a horrible uh, offensive play caller. He is that good. So don't overreact, but yeah, it, I am not happy. I drafted him. I had him high. Number one, it's not looking good. Yeah. I have a, a quote here from uh, Dan, uh, Darren Urban. I think he's a beat reporter for the Cardinals. He's saying that Wilkes, the head coach, uh, has said uh, that David Johnson will be utilized in the slot more, getting him in his face. So, yeah. I mean, if, if it doesn't happen, McCoy will be canned. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm starting David Johnson this week where I have him. Like, I'm. I'm sticking with him to that point. You know, I hear, I hear about people benching him or wondering why I have certain play him above certain players in the rankings. I just he he's gonna bust out, and if the head coach is gonna focus on getting him into space, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. You know, as long as that head coach isn't Hugh Jackson. All right, <laughs> Wheeler asking for a friend, uh, <laughs> David Johnson, Chris Thompson. Full PPR. Um, the toughie. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think three weeks ago if we fired up the flex capacitor and oh. got this sucker going to 88 miles an hour, you'd think, what the hell? Are you crazy? But this is the point we are in, which, by the way, we shouldn't be in this point. What about this? Let's change the scoring. Tight end premium, a point and a half for tight end receptions. One full point PPR for wide receivers, 0.5 for running back. I think that is the scoring of the future, my friends. 
I like it. While you guys are uh, figuring this this answer out, I'll let Wheeler. Let's uh, let's do us a favor and uh, listen to a word from our sponsors here for a moment. All right. I think you got to start David Johnson. I know that, that, that Chris has looked great, but I just think he's going to be peppered with targets. This is just one of those games where you can just see him just explode, explosion factor um, out the wazoo, and you're just like, oh, everything's good. They realize they've got this great player on their team again. How stupid of them for, through two weeks. All right, we've got another 13 to go. Yeah, I, w- I would think I-, I would start David Johnson just because I, w- I would rather get burned with Chris Thompson on my bench than David Johnson on yes. my bench. Um, a- at least for one more week. Two weeks is too short. If it happens three weeks in a row, I would think about it in week four. Um, yeah. I was going to – oh, the scoring. I- I've had thoughts on that too, and I've always been a proponent of point two. uh Point two per touch for or point two for a carry for a running back and point five PPR straight across the board. Tight end premium, I yeah. Yeah. I like the tight end premium leagues like FFPC, but I don't have you I played, guess I would I'm doing FFPC. The the beauty of it, I think, is the, the victory points. So uh-huh. you get two points head to head. You will also then, if you're twelve team league, if you're in the top four, you're going to get what an additional two. If you are in the middle third, you get one, right? So you could technically get four points if you're in the top four for overall scoring and you win head to head four points. So I love the victory points, and it is tight end premium. Uh, so the victory points is the that's the big thing. I think that is how it always should be. Who doesn't have a story where you were second in overall points and son of a gun, you lost to the dude who was first in overall points. We all have those stories. This takes care of that. At least it's fair. You still get the head-to-head matchups. You can still raz your buddy, but it's more fair. And the tight end premium, I wasn't sure about it, but now all of a sudden you're you got all these tight ends on the roster. We're going tight end deep. It just opens up the position. I know tight end is a bit of a dart throw. You're hoping to score. But when you get that point and a half, now you're looking at target share. Now you're looking at targets. It opens up more players. I think it opens up more strategy. And I am this is the first time I've done tight end premium. I can't say enough good things about it. I love the victory points. Love the tight end premium. There you go, FFPC. You can uh, send checks to pyromaniac.com. <laughs> you want to... Uh, you- I'll let you go on that, um, Wheeler, and then I've got a couple other that are strategy. Actually, it's more of like payouts um, for your league that um, are good ways to combat just that head-to-head, had a great team but faced the wrong guy that week, ways to combat that within your league that I do two different ways in each of my uh, big oldest league and my big money league. And I think it's it's pretty sweet. So go ahead, Willa. Be be wait, let me get this in here because I am open to Valverde. Valverde. Let's have Wheeler do that, and then I've got them written down. I'm just gonna run down real quick, wide receiver tight end, and then you go D uh, with your thing. So uh yeah. back to you, Wheeler, on tight end premium or even victory points. What do you think? I, I like them both. Um I know in the leagues I've run in the past that just to hit on the payouts real quick, uh, we've always paid out the champion and the most points rather yeah, than like a first and second. 
Um, the victory points, I like that idea a lot. I've always liked the idea of um, either playing two teams a week or instead of not really like a best ball scoring or most points scoring, a, a league where you play every team every week. So if you end up with the second most points, you're 10 and one. Uh, and it over the course of the season, yeah, your record is in the hundreds and what have you, but you really get a gauge of who uh, of who you've beaten. Yeah, your your record looks like a, it, you're playing baseball. Um, but awesome. you really get a gauge of who you've beaten every week. And it's not just a points thing where, you know, one week somebody can blow up for 300 points and that gives them an extreme advantage for, you know, mo most points in the season. But if, you know, that 300 point week, yeah, you go undefeated that week. But if you only get 120 the rest of the weeks, you know, your point total isn't going to carry you. You know, you're probably going to be, you know, have a decent record the rest of the season. But it gives, to me, that's a better gauge. It's just kind of everybody play against everybody every week. And, you know, whatever you're, you know, you're one and nine or nine and one each week. And it, it that really evens it out and totally, you know, I've never, to, I've never heard of that approach in my life. I've been doing fantasy football I, since 1988, I, Wheeler, and it's very rare that I hear something new as a concept on any level at all in fantasy football. And I'm, I, I'm honestly, my mind's a little blown right now how awesome that is. I was able to do it as a tiebreaker one year, and uh, – and a random league I'd run for maybe two or three years and it, it fell apart just because everybody moved away. But people, people looked at it at the tiebreaker and were like, wow, that's fantastic. You know, and it never came to same record that year or anything. It was never actually factored in, but it, it, it's really cool when you start to look at it, like, you know, you can, can sites house. I love it, dude. Can sites, handle that like if i was on cbs would i be able to put my league and manage it in this way where it's like literally we're all playing each other every week the person that you know i went i went i'm 90 percent sure the league i did it on was was a cbs league okay that's i wasn't able to i wasn't able to do it as the primary all right i you know my lead the people in the league didn't want it as the primary, you know, record thing, but I was able to, I believe it was CBS. I did it on as the primary tiebreaker. I'm going to bring that up to people. Cause I think that's friggin' awesome. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll double down on, on, on you Wheeler top points in my oldest league, a league that's been around since 88. You basically win just because there's so many people that have, had the top points and yet over so many years, I mean, what is it, uh, third, 20 years, 30 years, Jesus. Um, yeah, it's 30 years this year. This league's been around. Holy fuck. Um, so I've probably personally been the most points scored and not made the playoffs or not won the championship. So it's happened to so many people in the league that we've kind of tried to even it out and top points. You make like a thousand dollars less than the league winner. And, Pete, honestly, people think, like, we've got a trophy with the names and plaques on it, but people consider a, mo a lot of people, about four of the ten in this league, are like, yeah, but who had most points? That's their determination yeah. of who is the best in the league. And it's just like this weird thing. So you win the championship, 
but you get a lot of money for total points. It's like kind of stupid, but it makes a lot of the different uh, fields of uh, approach happy. Um, another way that we do it uh, that I love is in my big money league, um, 10 team league, we throw in a, kind of a big sum and each way, each week, the top scoring team gets $200. Um, so we're two weeks into the season so far this year. And the same team has won, been the top point getter. The first week by, I think, four points. Last week by, I think, like six points, he was the top guy. He's got $400 in earnings through two weeks by being the top scorer in the league. I love that route as well because, one, you know, you get four top scores throughout a season or whatever, and, you know, that takes you – $800 off your entry fee. And again, I know that's ridiculous, but it's, it, it is a big money league. And I really like that way where you hit, when you hit those things, it might not win you the championship or even be, you still are going to hit those rough patches, but at least you got like, you got, you earned on your big weeks. And I think that kind of pays off for you at the end of the season. If things didn't go great, you'd be like, ah, but I had those three weeks and I, I made 600 bucks and, all right, I'm happy that I I, I got I, I was rewarded for when I did do great. So that's kind of the two things that I had on that approach. Yeah, I've been in a league like that too, where it, it was far less money than you're talking about. I think it was a hundred dollars or something buy-in, and you won ten bucks each week. And the the crappy part about that league happened to be that you had to pay for transactions, and I'm one to just hit that waiver wire so hard it's ridiculous and i didn't care it was a dollar transaction but the the point getting week to week i ended up winning enough to pay for all my transactions that's probably like 30 40 transactions over the I course of the year so hate i hate leagues that make you pay uh real money for transactions i'm all about fab free agent acquisition right. budget right. love it but if you're paying real money, why are we discouraging somebody to make their team better? Don't you want to up the competition? Isn't that the kind of league you want to play in? It, I hate teams that uh, leagues that make you pay for, for transactions. Again, the goal is to have fun and strategize and, and play the best players and, and play the best teams. Why would we ever want to limit anybody, dissuade anybody from improving their fantasy team? I completely I totally agree. agree. And- there, there's an easy way to beat that, though. Just throw in an extra 25 30 bucks at the beginning of the season and just go unlimited transactions while everybody else is holding yeah. back. Like, yeah. it, you're, you're going to kill my competition. I'm going to beat New York Yankees and just buy your ass out. That's, 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 that's another way to think about it. That's true. I always just – if I see that in the rules, I, that's something I don't play. But, hell, that, that's, a good, that's a good uh, strategy there. Never been a rule that's been suggested by a guy that wasn't rich, even if it's one dollar. <laughs> uh, I got one guy in my big money league. Sadly enough, this prick was the 28th employee at Facebook. Every year, he's like, "I think we should have to pay a, a premium for these pickups." Everyone in the email threads like, "Of course you do, fuckface. You didn't do shit <laughs> at the company for four years, and now you're sitting pretty. You're a dick." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the email threads he does it every year it's almost like it's like i'm rich you're not make me feel like an asshole it's what it's how trump must feel like he wakes up and he's like i'm gonna go on <laughs> i know i'm such an asshole and that other other than these idiots that love me 
everyone is gonna fucking hate what I say right now. Ah, this sounds like a great idea. <laughs> All right, my one Trump bashing. All right, let's move on. Uh, we're, you got any more practice support? Or let's go to uh, yeah. I'm just gonna run down these suckers. You know, I've got other things I can say here about running backs, whatnot, whatever. I don't get to. I will tweet, but. And then, um, you know, just then segue. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna kind of hit the head for a minute here. Um, segue into if I don't make it back and there's dead silence, just segue into your uh, spreading, uh, spreading the lines primer. Oh, baby, I can fill the space. I can fill the air time. Uh, all right, so just real quick, I'm gonna throw these down because we spent a lot of time talking running backs, but there's a lot of great running back plays. So DFS, especially, man. Keep up on the injuries. You can get some free squares, uh, and, and that's where I would be doing it, especially cash, then maybe paying up for some of the wide receivers. But let's just look at injury reports right now. you got Larry Fitzgerald, questionable. Marvin Jones, questionable, although word around Michigan, he's going to go. Uh, Kiki Cutie, questionable. This is if you are a deep dynasty league right now uh he's kind of buried on the depth chart although he's got some talent josh gordon officially questionable and again learning the playbook there in new england uh alshon you know officially questionable he might be coming back a little hopefully a little bit sooner uh baldwin we know is out to me that's good news let's <laughs> heal up those bald, <laughs> double bad knees uh, good Marquise Goodwin. He's questionable. That's going to really be a game time decision. I think we lost him last week. I was all hyped on, uh, the, the San Francisco passing game there to Kittles tight end. Didn't pull through for me. That's a, that's the dart throw that the tight end position is, but uh Goodwin questionable going to be a game time decision tight end. I'm only bringing up Jacob Hollister. He's out because he is Lord knows I'm not handcuffing a tight end, but he is Gronk's backup a name you should probably know. Gates, uh, questionable. Uh, Michigan, Detroit fans, you know, everybody was going with the wrong tight end, I feel. Val, uh, Vales, I think, might have a little bit of play. This is a dart throw in GPP, but Roberts is officially uh, questionable. I think Vales would possibly be the guy. It's going to be a slinging contest, but again, I might have 5% of that of Vales and GPP. That would be as much as I would spend. Here's the big one, though. Well, certainly we know Olsen out, Hurst out, Jermaine Gresham questionable. The big one, Doyle. He is out. So let's take a look over at Mr. Eric Ebron versus Philly. They just gave up 96 yards and a touchdown to O.J. Howard. Granted, they got uh, the second coming down there if it's magic, but still – to the tight end position, 96 yards and a touchdown. Ebron is going to be the sole tight end because, like we say, um, Doyle's out. Ebron, before this, after two games, getting only 11% target share, but Doyle was getting 18%. Now, does Ebron fill all of that this week? No, but I would suggest he's going to get a severe bump in targets this week. That about covers it for the the positions. Uh, are you on Ebron at all in DFS, Weaver? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's going to be chalk now that Doc, uh, um, Doyle's out. As soon as I saw that, I was yeah. all over it for sure. Um, yeah, and I I would imagine, you know, I'd imagine that he sees most of Doyle's targets. I, I really think Ebron's going to really 
yeah. bust out this week in a big way. I mean, he's already obviously a red zone target. That's where he has gotten all of his points so far. But uh, yeah, definitely Ebron. Um, I was with you on Kittle too in that game. Should be a shootout, yeah. especially if good good one is out. Yeah. Um, one uh, when you brought up Kiki Kuti, um, yeah, and a name that I think is really a must play in uh, GPPs anyway is Fuller. Um, it, him and Watson have that amazing connection. It's ridiculous. And uh, the Giants cornerback, uh, why can't I remember his name right now? But he's out. Apple? Um, yeah, he's out. Yep, yep. So yeah, that's a good call. I saw Eli Apple was out in Fuller. Man, another another Notre Dame guy. Uh, there was all this talk when he got drafted that he didn't have the hands. He would jump unnecessarily. Boy, he is as long as he can stay on the field. He's been fantastic. So I like that, yeah. especially with the Eli injury. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, you hit on another, but I didn't write it down. I forget. But, uh, yeah, I think you're on the ball with each one of those. Yeah, Marvin Jones, um, you know, questionable. I don't think it's really anything to worry about. Um, now we... Galladay is taking over that offense. So. Yeah, so this is kind of where I wanted to go. Uh, we can certainly get to the spreading the lines of fantasy, spreading the lines of Vegas. We'll However, it's our show. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I had a question uh, from one yeah, of our OL listeners. Today in the morning. <laughs> I think it was what, Mr. So Serious. I, I'm forgetting. I can look this up and give him a shout out here. But he asked what air yards were. And it's really a Josh Hernsmeyer stat. I tweeted out several times the link to airyards.com, which comes from Josh Hernsmeyer. Now, I'm going to probably not do the greatest job explaining this, but essentially, if you pretended every time a pass was thrown, if you pretended your wide receiver caught that ball right there and just downed it, didn't advance, didn't get any yards after catch, but caught 100% of the passes, that's air yards, right? So what do you use air yards for? It's fantastic for identifying guys that teams are going to. They're throwing not just targets, but yards. Guys that are going too deep. Guys that are racking up a lot of yards, and they just haven't, for whatever reason, haven't converted yet. So you just brought up Galladay. I just traded for Galladay. I've been loving Galladay. Air yards right now. Julio Jones. Okay, we get that name. Jarvis Landry. Well, he's played three games, but, you know, we're going to expect that. Hopkins. Antonio Brown. Who's next on the list? Kenny Galladay. That is the kind of thing you are looking for. So, Kenny Galladay. I mean, there are only five players that have more than 300 air yards. Kenny Galladay is number five. This is the kind of thing that you're looking for. You can certainly look target share. Galladay's getting 21%, but air yards, they're going to him, and he hasn't quite converted yet. So Galladay is a guy that you can identify with air yards. Corey Davis, he is another guy that hasn't quite hit it out of the park yet, but certainly with the injuries, and of course you're concerned with who's getting him the ball, but he too has really high air yards. Uh, Woods is another air yards guy. Now he's tied with Cooks in, at the Rams with 18 targets. Now Cooks, though, his he's got a lot of receiving yards, but his air yards, 222, it's Woods that's leading 
in the air yards there. So again, these are ways you can identify guys. Maybe you're going to get off the waiver wire as the season continues and we get more data. Guys that are on the waiver wire that are getting a lot of air yards, those are the guys you want. Guys like Galladay who are on another team but haven't quite hit it out of the park yet, guys you want to trade for. So well, air yards, I think, is a fantastic stat. Yes. Can I give one thing on the Galladay just to give a little flip side of it? Also, the reason why, um, again, Marvin appeared on the injury list uh, today or yesterday, but yeah. one thing that I, I like also about Marvin is that he's um, top five. He's number four, actually, in red zone targets. So, uh, shockingly, I'll give you the rundown. Marvin Jones got nine red zone targets um, already uh, here through two weeks. So, that's something why well, I totally agree with Galladay. He just looks I test passing with uh, flying colors. Um, Marvin Jones, don't give up on him too much. It hasn't really happened. I've watched a number of those games. It's just like, Really close to having um, some big plays, but it hasn't happened. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's got 11 red zone targets. Michael Thomas has 11. Cooper Cup uh, has 10. Marvin Jones at four with nine. And A.J. Green's uh, there with seven. Uh, I think we can probably surmise that A.J. Green has had the best percentage of uh, turning those into touchdowns at this point. But um, Michael Thomas hit so many that it's probably lower, but, um, but yeah, so Marvin Jones, that's something to consider where I think going to some of the things that we'll talk about later stashes, like kind of second half things that I think are going to change. It's like, I feel pretty good about the Detroit lions passing uh, game because moving forward, because their running back situation just hasn't told us anything. And you got Stafford, who always is swinging it, singing it, and flinging it. Um, and you got Gall- Galladay has already had a great game and looking amazing so far. Tate has already had a great game um, and looking actually only one for one so far. And you're looking at the stat that Marvin Jones has nine red zone targets thrown his way so far and hasn't really has had, has had a down season. You got to be looking at that that. Those four guys, and also knowing the dude we were just talking up um, five minutes ago, and Ebron no longer being there, they've got no tight end replacement happening there. Um, it's basically on offense right now, and I think it's going to improve and get better, better and better for fantasy owners. Um, it, it's Stafford, it's Galladay, it's Marvin Jones, and it's uh, Tate. Those that's that's the offense. Those four guys. Now, yeah, so I'm getting my air yards uh, information, airyards.com, Josh Hearnsmeyer. To pull the curtain back, where are you getting your red zone? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Um, okay. so it's just a thing that every genius in the world has tweeted 75 times. Um, and that's – I don't even know. I don't even know where it's going from. Um, just curious. I can find out. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I mean, here, I'll do a Scott, a Scott Barrett, basically my most – that's an old one. That's an old one. Sorry. Um, so let, let me talk on air yards for a second. Um, like, when, when we're trying to predict, you know, anything, we look for the sticky stats, right? So for running backs, it's touches, and for wide receivers, it's targets. And air yards is a way to expand and define what those targets really are. So if you're getting, you know, Landry type targets when he was in Miami, 
you know, where, where you're six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he every year he had, you know, 150 targets. But if your air yards are seven yards per touch and you've got no yak, then, you know, you, you waddle around. And, well, I guess he waddled around generally in the wide receiver two zone last year. He, he did put up wide receiver one numbers. But now look at him this year. I, I want to say, I don't have it in front of me again, but I want to say his air yards have, like, doubled. Oh, yeah. He, well, he's right up there. He's Well, he's like I said, he's played three games, but he's right. number two in air yards. Right. And I actually just looked at his dot not too long ago. Uh, last year when he was in Miami, I'm pulling this from memory, when he, when he was in Miami, his dot. so I was looking for a replacement in Miami. Who's the Who's the guy that's running about the similar? It was Higgins. And Higgins, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Higgins. Uh, it was, um, oh, crap, the guy's uh, eluding me. And I'll remember it here in a second, Wilson. but it was, a, um, yes, Albert Wilson. Thank you. And it was about seven yards. Average depth of target for Jarvis Landry. And I tweeted this out not too long ago. Average depth of target for Jarvis Landry was like 6.971. Albert Wilson was basically 7.2, 7.3, something like that. Now that he's on... Uh, Cleveland, that number has skyrocketed his average depth of target. So certainly air yards, again, I, I think this is where you're going. It, it's certainly yeah. going to um, show you the guys that are going downfield that are going to be able to score. Because like you said, with Landry, yeah, he's getting a lot of receptions. Look at an Aguilar, right? He, he had a ton of receptions, but he got like 22 yards or something that first week. You know, his dot, his air yards aren't there. Right. So, so what what air yards does is make an already sticky stat. What I mean by sticky stat is stat that it's predictable. Yeah. It makes it more predictable. It refines it to the point where you not only you know can predict how many targets you can basically predict his yardage given a certain percentage of catches. Like it, it it's a stat that carries week after week and tends to stick with you. Um, as far as the um, end zone uh, targets, though, the end zone targets, we got to remember this is the point where we're two games into the season. So, yeah, the end zone targets is something we look for when we're looking to predict fantasy points. But after two games, especially a game where they were trailing by like 20 points at halftime to the Jets, they were just throwing the ball, winging it all over the place. So maybe his you know, and Marvin Jones end zone targets took a jump just because of that. And then quite possibly maybe Galladay's air yards took a jump because of that too. But the, the air yards and targets tend to be a stickier stat than just the end zone targets. I think it's a great way to identify players that haven't caught on yet. The team's going to them. They're trying to get the ball to him, but yeah. for whatever reason, they, they've had really good cornerback coverage. Uh, the passes have been off. It's a good stat to target players in a trade or waiver wire. Like that. Yeah, Jarvis Landry, real quick. And I'm almost positive it was 7.1 in 2016, 2017, uh, 7.1, 7.2, something like that. It is almost 12 yards now in Cleveland. Right, right. I, I think I saw you tweet that out, actually, and just – I can't find the tweet right now either. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I was trying to identify the guy because, you know, Stills, everybody's saying, oh, Stills, Stills, and Stills is great, but 
he's a downfield guy. His A dot, his average depth of target is way downfield. So, and I was talking about this with Sigmund Bloom, and I said, you know, I think uh, Albert Wilson's A dot is certainly more similar. He was kind of on Amendola. You know, we shall see, but I think that's certainly um, some stats that are good that you can use to identify air yards, average depth of target as to guys because targets can be a little misleading target share, I think is great, but you know, look at Aguilar that, that first week, I I forget exactly what it was, but something like, I don't know, 11 targets, 10 targets, but 22 yards or something like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, crap. I was just, I forget what I was going to say. Well, you'll remember it. Should we go uh, and talk to the next concept, uh, Moski, and um, do the spreading the lines and tell sure. people? That. In fact, yeah, I got a question for you guys. I can just kind of set it up here, but I'm curious as to what you say. So, uh, spreading the the lines of fantasy essentially looks at opening line numbers when they come out from Vegas. So it's essentially a couple things and I've started to do write-ups with it to kind of break down the way I see it and to hopefully give people um, a tool for them to use. So I'm not just trying to tell you, Hey, these are the guys to play. Uh, I'm really trying to say, look, this is what you want to do in fantasy. Use it for yourself. So what it does, and I don't think there's another site out there that's doing this for free. I'm pretty sure you've got to pay. I haven't found it anyway. Pyromaniacs is the only one that's putting it out there for free. So essentially, you look well, at Vegas. Actually, actually, as of right now, we're charging for it since you just said that. <laughs> it just well, wait. So are we charging for no, it? I'm just kidding you, Mo. Just okay. Like- I was going to say, because this shit is so good, you should be forking over the dough, because that's how good it is. Free drugs. Now, what you're looking at with Vegas, of course, they're giving you the total score. And, of course, they're giving you the over-under. Well, you can use those numbers to get an implied team total. So, for example, this week, Cincinnati-Carolina. When the numbers came out, Carolina is the home team. Cincinnati is visiting. Vegas says that uh, when it opened, the total score is going to be 42.5 and the spread is minus three. So minus three means, you know, Carolina is expected to win by three points and both teams are expected to have a total score of 42.5. Well, you can do the math and figure it out and how much is each team going to score. So in this example, Cincinnati is supposed to score 19.75. Carolina is supposed to score 22.75. So it gives you the implied team total in the spread. That's really what we're looking at here. So statistically, once a team is expected to score more than 24 points, that's something I'm going to start paying attention to. So really, in fantasy, we want to score points. We want to score touchdowns. So the beauty of this is you can see which teams, Vegas, and they're Vegas for a reason. They're making the money for a reason. You're looking at teams that have a high implied team total. They're going to score a lot of points. Once you've identified the teams that are going to score a lot of points, the high implied team total, then you have to ask yourself, okay, where that, where's that point scoring going to come from? Do we think it's going to come from the running backs? Do we think it's going to come from the wide receivers? And that's where the spread comes into play. If you've got a negative game script, your team is likely down by a lot. They're going to have to pass. Thus, the wide receivers are going to score. you got a positive game script. So your team, I mean, to say the least, Minnesota, 16.5 is what the spread is. That is what you call a positive game script. 
they're going to be running the ball. They're expected to have a lead. When teams have a lead, they run the ball. So, perfect example, Minnesota Buffalo. Although the total, you might look at it, the Vegas total, and say, oh, 38.5. Well, that stinks. Okay. Yeah, 38.5, but Buffalo's only expected to score 11 points. Minnesota is expected to score 27.5. A lot of scoring going on on Minnesota, and because they have a positive game script, because they have such a high spread, we believe that the scoring is going to come from the running backs, hence Latavius Murray, um, even uh, Boone, which we talked about. That's essentially where you're starting at with Vegas. And that's a lot of times where I start to look. You can identify which games are going to blow up, maybe where you want to do a game stack, and essentially where are the points coming from, which position are the points coming from, and which teams are going to score the most points. That's it in a nutshell. Love it. It's legit. I, when I'm, oh, yeah. Dallas, when you send it to me, I'm always super pumped. It's like, I like diving in. I'm not as the most analytical uh, data guy I've told people before. My favorite part of analytics is anal. And I, but <laughs> part is definitely an eye opener. I love I love diving through them and like, oh wait, how does this help my team? Oh wait, hold on, I got a guy that might have an opportunity here. And again, you're doing those uh, those write ups now. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. I love the spreading lines. And as Mo said, it's on our site. Uh, weekly piece. We get it up uh, Tuesday, Wednesday ish. Um, and then it's just a, uh, it, it's free and no one else is giving that goo for free. That's what we do for you. And, uh, I love it. Uh, keep up the good work, Mo. You're, you kind of, that whole Vegas implied point total thing is something you brought into my sphere probably, uh, probably three, maybe four years ago. And it's, it's, it's a good one to go by. As you said, Vegas, they're not making these calls so that whatever casino or whatever website or whatever, whatever that they're working for is about to lose a shitload of money. Because uh, right. if that happens, they're not going to be around for very long. These guys are sharks. Uh, yeah. It's truly, truly sharks. Use a shark's knowledge and their acumen to your advantage. Um, awesome. All right. So, let, well, let me, if I will, real quick, and then I might be able to transition to something here, uh, even a question perhaps. Uh, real quick, so with the weekly piece, you get the chart. Uh, it's beautifully lit up. I think Stag set it all up. So when I, I type in the numbers, you can visually see if you are whatever it is, left brain, right brain, you can visually see the colors. Boom. These teams are the good ones. They're going to expect you to be scoring points. Uh, but if you're not that type of person, if you can't just see the chart and, and figure it out, I have a write-up with two things. The first kind of two paragraphs are the same every week. It gives you the explanation. Look, these are the two things we're looking for. What I just explained uh, what team is expected to score a bunch of points? And then can we get a little insight as to which positions on those teams are expected to do the scoring? And then below that, I, I kind of do it myself. I break it down and I say, okay, you know, here's some teams that Vegas are thinking they're going to score a bunch of points. Here's some players that I like. I might toss out a few other stats, you know, uh, weekly performances, the last week's performance, uh, how that team does against the position thus far, uh, red zone. So I, I toss out some other things as well in the weekly write-ups. My question for you is I always do it based on opening line. 
because I feel a lot of the Vegas line movement, honestly, it comes from betting. So if you've got a bunch of money going on one thing, Vegas is going to change the line if they feel the money is becoming over on one team. If they feel like the advantage is going to the player, they're going to switch the line. And a lot of betting movement comes on the line. So I try to do opening numbers. That said, it's not always the case. Uh, An injury will happen, and then the line is adjusted. Sometimes the opening line will come out, usually before the Monday night game. And I forget who it was, but was it Dallas? Last week's Monday night game, Dallas Giants. Was that last week? Yeah. Uh, was so fun. was it Sunday night? Okay. So I think I even got the numbers night. before the numbers come out before the Sunday night game. So Dallas did very well. Giants did horrible. Now the line opened up and it was much closer after we saw how poorly the Giants did. It changed dramatically. So it's really tough. Do you want to do the opening line? Do you want to do the line at the end? And I don't think you, and I've heard arguments both ways. I don't think you necessarily want to do either. I think you want to pay attention as to why the line moves. And usually that's going to be injuries. Uh, That's going to be primarily injuries or really bad performances. And the line came out before. So the very last thing, and I think people don't pay attention to, is at the bottom of the chart, I do put notable line movements. And I try to break it down so you can see, hey, this line has changed. If it's changed by two points or more, usually betting, if it's a betting line movement, maybe it changes half a point, a point. The spread might go from, you know, 2.5 to 3, which is huge because they're going to, you know, take the, they're going to take the tie. Pay attention to the bottom, the the notable line movements. Pay attention to those because those are the ones that necessarily aren't on betting trends. Those are the ones that something happened, and this is really the line you should be looking at. I was totally going to ask you that question as soon as you were finished. Just the, I, You said you went off original. I was going to ask, so what do you do when the line shifts? The, right. uh, yeah, you described it fully. So I just I applaud your efforts on that, definitely, and I've taken a look at it multiple times, and I really like the work you do with that, for sure. I do. I appreciate love it. I lo- yeah, it's such a good piece. I love the fact, Mo, that – but I, I agree with you that, that Vegas also is going to hedge their bets um, because, you know, if things that start getting nutty, they're like, all right, people are all in on this, but we, we, we still have the power to um, help the advantage for ourselves here. But breaking down, um, breaking down which games are going above that kind of threshold of maybe just a, a better's line change um, is very helpful. And, again – I think it, it you like anything that we're doing other than player rankings, maybe and tiers. Uh, we're again still, I think, pyrize the mindset. We're trying to give you that intel to bring it in, uh, figure it out, decide how you want to use it, and whether you want to agree with us, whether you want to take information and make it your own and do your own recipe and own decisions based on rankings. Amen. But a piece like this is fully a thought-provoking piece where it's like, all right, how does how does this chart, this heat mapping, and what we just told you with Vegas and, how, and their prowess, how do you want to use this? Do you want to go do a little deeper research and go to some Vegas sites? Do you want to go to check out um, injury reports and see if that Vegas line was changed because something happened on that team? But also in the same uh, fact, it could be the – if friggin' Khalil Mack 
right. comes up limp and isn't playing for the Bears this Sunday, I'm going to tell you right now, whatever offense is playing him is going to have a lot more time to throw the ball. Whatever running back on that team is going to have a lot better chance of not getting – He's not much of a running guy, but you know what I'm saying. So these kind of things, like dig deeper. Oh, we got a little uh, alert happening here for you based off of this charting and what's going on. Find out more, give yourself more intel, and then make the right decisions. We're just a, a part of – we're just like kind of an ingredient in the dish. Yeah, Again, I think the most successful people out there are taking a lot of the best advice from guys like you two, other folks on our site like Stag Party – other great fantasy minds across the industry and all the great websites and podcasts and all that good stuff. Take that intel, but do you. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Let's go to, um, you want to do a couple mailbags, Mo? Uh, or should we talk yeah. a couple favorite in-season tools? Or is that, are we just going to talk about the same shit we've done before? Yeah, we, I got some mailbags uh, pulled up here. I, I tweeted out a little bit that, you know, we're doing this uh, Friday night fantasy football fire special and got a few regulars responding, got a few new folks responding as well. Uh, I believe I shared these questions with you. I tried to uh, alert you guys on Twitter to the questions. Um but starting with one of our favorites, we certainly hear from him quite often over at Pyro. We're talking Eagles fan, go, Gons Fishing, at Coke Driver 82. Coke S- Driver. He literally, yeah, literally drives an 18-wheeler uh, for Coke, which is awesome. And he's like, I just listen to you guys while I'm driving. I'm sure he listens to a number of podcasts as well, but. That guy's just, he, he's like the minute that one of our shows hits his subscribe inbox, he's like, yes, fire, fire. I'm, I'm driving 20,000 miles in the next month. I'm going to listen to this 14-hour show. Yeah, so he says, no, you're down on Johnny Smith. Now, I'm going to say Johnny Smith right off the bat is a fantastic athlete. He is a freak tight end. However, you've got an injured Marietta, uh, Blaine Gabbert. I don't think you. Who, I don't think it matters who's there. I think the quarterback situation is really what's affecting this. I still like John U. Smith. However, his question: No, you're down on John U. Smith. So, do you think they're going to lean more on Taewon Taylor? Now, I know what I think. And if you guys are mulling that one over, Go again. For it. Uh, well, uh, uh, real quick, I do think, uh, again, Jonu Smith is fantastic. I loved me some Taylor at the beginning. However, I, it's Corey Davis. He's driving the show. He's getting 33% target share. Taewon Taylor is getting less than 10% target share. Um, receiving yards, Taewon Taylor, 32. Corey Davis, 117 Air yards, Taewon Taylor, 37. Corey Davis, 179. So, no, it's not Taewon Taylor as much as I would love it to be as Corey Davis. Yeah, I would say it's Deion Lewis as well. And Jonu Smith, he was still in – I I don't – these may not be exact numbers, but I believe he was still in on every single play and ran 80% of the pass routes on passing plays. So John Smith is out there. He's running the plays. It's a matter of the quarterback getting the ball. 
getting him the ball. And he's a tremendous athlete. I, I expect bigger things for him in the future. It might take him a, a little while to get used to playing every day. You know, tight ends evolve slowly in the NFL. We, we get an anomaly once in a while where a rookie breaks out or a second-year player breaks out. But with the opportunity and given that Johnny Smith is such an athlete, we're going to see him get targets. Um, we also have to keep in mind that Richard Matthews hasn't been used at all. Uh, he wasn't in game one and then game two. He, I think he only got one target, um, but he's going to be targeted more. Um, but I think for now, the, the on jump off is on that one target, Wheeler. I'm falling right through his hands, and it was an interception, or he dropped the touchdown. <laughs> I was watching the game, something happened where I was like, he finally got a target on the season, and he fucked it up. Well, I mean, it, over the years, he's been good. I, I would just imagine since he's like there, he's, he's, he's going to have to get usage. But uh, yeah, I think if anybody takes the tight end targets at this point, it's probably just going to be Deion Lewis. Good point. Um, cool. I, I, I kind of agree. I liked, I'm like Corey Davis. I had him in as one of the guys later for uh, people are down on him now. But once, once Mariota gets back, once kind of, I think second half, uh, Corey Davis is going to be a, a solid guy, hopefully sooner, but um, seems like there's some, there's some wait and see, some, some finding out what's going on, and it's hard to really tell what you got when your uh, stud quarterback uh, isn't even playing. So, yeah, I, I, John Smith, all right, if you got the bench and you need t- tight end help, hold him on there, and at some point, I, I agree, getting 100%, he had no targets, but he's, he's out there running routes. I like your approach, Wheeler. If you've got the bench that can house a guy like that um, within your league's parameters, then do it. Um, if not – and there's some other guys out there on waiver wire, you know, do that stream thing, dump him, get, get another guy for the here and now. Um, you know, a lot of the dudes that were available last week on waiver wires, John U, um, Ricky Seals, James, uh, Joe, uh, uh, Jesse James. We know had a huge game. OJ had a huge game. Um, there's just a lot of uh, Ebron had another touchdown. All these guys essentially, uh, Hooper had a huge game. Um, all these guys were around, and most of them did really well. Um, so I think that that's not going to be the case, you know, in week five or six where there's just so much availability at the tight end position. People are going to pluck these guys up. Um, so don't just drop John, uh, John if, if there's nothing there that's better and you want to have some depth at the position. Um, figure it out. You got to know your league. You got to know your well, team. And, and that's the thing, you know, with John Smith, I think when, if it's the quarterback that you want, if Marietta is there and, you know, we all saw what he did with Delaney Walker. I think John Smith is a fantastic athlete. We know how Marietta relied on Delaney Walker. If he comes back, then I think John Smith could be fantastic. Uh, until that happens, um, I'm not counting on that. And tight end is such a crapshoot. You know, you're really just shooting for who's going to score. And that's when I might be looking at spreading the lines of fantasy, seeing which teams are going to score a bunch of points and have a negative game script, which teams are going to score a bunch of points and are going to be passing. Then I might also go on and look at, especially after we get some more data, we're only at week two. 
which teams are not good against opposing tight ends. Essentially, we're saying which teams don't have very good tight end, or uh, very good middle linebackers. So you can kind of, str- I think you can fully get by streaming tight end. To throw a couple names out there, though, target, share some names that might surprise you. I mean, I'm still on board with Kittle, 22% target share. Ricky Seals-Jones, you brought him up, 20% target share. Uh, on Arizona, the problem is they might use them to block a little bit more. So lots of tight ends out there. I think you can easily stream. Uh, again, John, who's a fantastic athlete, just need a quarterback to give him the ball. Can I do one thing? Um, and then, Wheeler, if you got anything else. Um, men, uh, one thing I love is the distribution um, and team tendency stuff that Stag Party does. His Twitter on Twitter. Um, his account is at PyroStag. Uh, we are actually pulling in tweets now. We're, I'm working on fine-tuning some of the issues right now. But on pyromaniac.com, on the left side, um, you will be getting all three of the guys in this show, myself, Pyromaniac Mo, Wheeler, as well as uh, Waz, um, Brad uh, Holmes, who's a, a new contributor for us, Waz. Um, uh, I think I mentioned Waz twice. But – in general, Stag Party is doing this thing called Stag Party's uh, Fantasy Football Party Favors, and he does this team tendency thing, which is an awesome, awesome weekly thing um, and chart, heat map chart that he puts out that kind of shows you, hey, this team is using this position this much, um, and it's pretty awesome. And then also to piggyback that is the, uh, the pyro power rankings are amazing to see uh, – who your teams are playing up are going against. You can see the defenses and where they heat mapping again, where they allow a lot of points by position. And on the flip side, also offense is where are they scoring the most um, points for fantasy football on a week to week basis. Those are weekly pieces. I've done more pyro promo than I have in a while. That's awesome. Let's do us a favor. Listen to this word from our sponsor. All right. Um, sweet. Let's go to the next question. Um, this is going to be from Sh- uh, Sideshow Tim 2. Um, that's at Sideshow Tim 2. Struggling with who to start at QB, Stafford against Patriots or Wentz against Colts. Help, please, and maybe a short explanation for your reason. Thanks. Who? Derek, you are the most handsome guy in the industry. Wait, that didn't, he didn't say that at all. Um, the first part, though, what do you uh, – the only reason why I bring that up, I'm sorry. Get, these beers are buzzing me, and I'm having a good time. It's Friday night. Um, did you see the stupid piece that came out this week about the best-looking people in the fantasy football industry? Did you see that, Wheeler? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. Someone tried to, someone tried to go People Magazine on it. We're like – and it was like a fantasy site. I think it was it was mostly a joke, but there was a lot of weird gayness to it. Um, it Sorry, I'm gonna go on. Who you start? Um, uh, Stafford against the Patriots or Wentz against the Colts? Lord knows I love Wentz, but I think it's a little bit too early. I don't know if he's completely healthy. I think just because of the situation, the quarterback performance they were having, I think they might have brought him back a little bit early. Uh, and the game, if you look at again, uh, spreading the lines of fantasy, man, that San Francisco, Kansas City, or I'm sorry, uh, was it who is it between once again? Stafford, 
New England. Stafford. Okay, I'm sorry. But uh, still, the Stafford game, Lord knows I love me some Stafford. He hasn't really done what I thought, and I loaded up on him. But he arguably could have the three best wide receivers, arguably, in the business. However, look at the fantasy points on uh, – or look at the Vegas points, I should say. Detroit is home. I love home quarterbacks playing New England. We just saw Bortles light it up against New England. 47 points was the opening um, total. I could easily see this one going over 50. Detroit is going to be in a position to pass against a team that just – Lit it up against them, Jacksonville, of course. And you know New England's going to score. They've got an uh, implied team total of 27. So give me Stafford. I think he's going to have a bounce back. I don't think Wentz is ready yet. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you there. I just I, I would want to go Wentz in a normal situation. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it just because he's just coming. And I might waffle on that by Sunday, too. Um, it, it's one of those things. They did the right thing. They rested him, but I'm not quite sure they actually rested him long enough. Right. I, th- I think they're putting him in because they need better quarterback play, and he's their guy. Um, you know, I, I said the last time I was on, you know, his injury is supposed to be a full 10 to 12 month recovery time, and he heard it what week 14 or 15. So that it needs to be monitored still like and there's going to be rust he hasn't has seen live action since late november early december so yeah i it's one of those things where stafford should put up enough points you can feel secure starting them i mean even if they have a a shit show game again that they'll just be thrown from behind Uh, they're they're not running the ball at all so Stafford, there's no reason he shouldn't put up 300 yards again. You guys there? I'm totally there. Yeah, yeah. Back, back, back. I'm used to uh, listening. I felt like I was listening to Pyromaniac Moe's Pyro Podcast Light there for a minute. I was like, well, that's a great, great episode. Just, yeah, sometimes I can just lull you in with the the docile subtle tones of my voice no that's true dude. you're the greatest at that there's no question you uh you and dave t anyone listening that hasn't listened to those shows it's it's a lot of actually the last show was about kind of season long and career long dynasty wise uh running backs but check those things out I love everyone that we have on these shows but you and dave t there is uh i've said it on twitter and i've told everyone I know on a many, many times, even people in my own leagues, like you got to listen to these guys. You guys are uh, uh, something special. So um, let's go to the, I'm not even giving you time to say thanks. Um, let's go to uh, do all the vacays in Mishpo. Well, that, you know, that was one that <clears throat> wasn't quite sure what to answer. I, there's another question that's hiding in here, so let's do this one first. Uh, it was another one from Eagles Fan Gun Fishing. Would you drop Marlon Mack for a shot in the dark in PPR for Ido or Corey Grant? He also says he owns Heinz, wants some death. We're talking indie running backs. 
Mac, who's out this week, of course, but he's talking redraft, I'm assuming, for a guy like, to me, I think the option would be Corey Grant. So are you going to stack double indie running backs, Mac, Hines, or are you going to go with the chance on Grant? What do you think? I, I would, I would, uh, I'd hold on to Mac. I think he's going to come out and he's one of my second half of the year guys. Um, Corey Grant, we don't, first of all, we don't know if Fournette's playing this week. Um, right, right. You know, and and you still got yelled in there. I, he's a little banged up too. Yep. Don't get, if Fournette, I like Grant in the GPP situation if Fournette's out. Um, and I, I would like him long term if I knew that Yeldon was out. But when when Fournette's out, Yeldon does a fine job. So he, Grant's got to wait for Yeldon to break down as well. Um, it could very well happen, and I would definitely keep Grant uh, high on my watch list, right on my radar. But for now, I, I think Mac is really the safer hold because when he does come back, he's going to end up being the starter. I mean, he didn't he didn't get necessarily starters touches this week because well, he had just come off an injury. So they're trying to work him in. And obviously he came back a little bit too soon. If he's already out again, um, did you watch that eventually game? did you watch that game? It was crazy. The first two, maybe three drives. It was all Mac and I'm a Mac guy. Yeah. I'm like you Wheeler. I know you and I both like his talent. It was all Mac. And I was like, Whoa, all right. These, this is yeah. really sweet. He must've hurt himself. Obviously. Because he was basically yeah, he was done. So they brought him back a little too early and hurt himself. And again, that's Max's issue is injury, and he just can't stay healthy. But I'm gonna kind of side with you on this one, Wheeler. Like looking at Corey Grant, sure. Um, well, I don't love the idea of, of of being too high on the Indianapolis Colts backfield. Um, Ito, now rookie on um, Falcons. I like Mac the most. I think I agree. He's a second half guy. He needs to get healthy. But to me, if healthy, unless Wilkins and Hines, which had an, had a, had a nice run, um, when healthy, I think Mac's going to be one of the kind of not a quote unquote workhorse, but he's going to get a lot of the opportunity. But maybe he loses out on that because they fucking gave it to him when they were pumped he's back and he got injured again maybe front office coach like this guy just can't do it so uh but right now i'd say mac yeah that could I, be too uh, one thing i would say is that ito smith make sure he's on your dynasty roster um you know dynasty rosters are bigger and you're looking long term ito smith is going to be the tevin coleman replacement next year nice tevin coleman's a free agent he's going to be gone ito smith has the talent he's a great pass catcher uh, you know and he'll even he got some touches last week he'll get touches this week but when Devonte freeman's back for this year um ito you know if coleman and freeman are there ito smith won't get any touches they might you know even put him back on the practice squad or something ridiculous but uh for your dynasty rosters ito smith is a guy you definitely want to keep on on a deep stash if you got a um I like, I like that a lot. You, there you heard it, folks. Wheeler judging Ito. If the glove fits, the <laughs> 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 
Uh, now I'm gonna say it's a, it's a little closer for me. I really do like Grant. I I, I don't know if you guys have actually watched him. Uh, like last week, he got more looks certainly than he did first week. He he totally passes the eye test for me. Uh, caught six of seven targets last week. They, they only gave him four rushes, but th- what he does, especially catching the ball, he really. Looks good. Talk about a quick twitch guy. I think he really looks good. I he passes the eye test hundred percent for me. Also the fact PFF had him as uh number one running back last year. However, I, I think Marlon Mack is the guy certainly this year, second half, once he gets healthy, but uh, don't, don't look over grant in D in, um, in um, dynasty. Uh, you're not stashing them in redraft, not until, you know, something really happens bad with Fournette. But in Dynasty, I'm I'm still holding a grant. Absolutely. I, I'm totally with you there, too. Dude, so what we're going to do, uh, Moe, you're going to knock out that last question, the vacation. Yeah, I need a little help with this last question. I don't even know what the fuck it means. No kidding. Me either. I had to ask my wife about this one. Um, he wasn't quite sure. We're all for it, so I say we move on. Rolling okay. AKG, let's we love you, buddy, but no idea. All the AKs officially, yeah. Um, I, no. I think what he's saying because I brought up um, a Tangerine Space Machine from New Holland, so I get the NHBC, okay. New Holland Brew Company. So I'm thinking, do all vacations in Michigan and vacations officially start with lunch at New Holland Brewing Company? So I'm thinking. Somehow he was on vacation in which New Holland had had the Tangerine Space Machine. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. What's RPD? Is that oh, that's his name. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they say yes. They they all do. Or if you're in Kalamazoo, they start at friggin' um, uh, Love Arcadia, Love Bells. If it depends where you're at, will. Yeah. Wilmington, I told you that M43 is in Wilmington. Yeah. Literally, it's the best beer in the world right now. I, I, I or in, in our in this United States, let's say. And I even went to the guy that I told you about how I overpay for these beers. I, I was talking to him, and his family's got uh, animals where they all the hamburger meat and all their steaks and steer and all this stuff is done from their family. I'm talking to him, and this guy named Zach. Um, Bought this uh, grocery store near my lake house uh, a couple of years ago. And talking to him about it, he's like, and he saw me buy it. And he's like, you like that stuff? I'm like, we got in a 10-minute discussion. He's like, this is the best-selling thing. It's the one thing I can't keep on the shelves. This is a $16, 18 when you're taxes, four-pack of beer. And it's the best-selling item in this place. I'm like, really? I thought I was the only idiot that was would spend this kind of money on this beer. He's like, I can't keep them on the shelf. I'm like that makes me so happy. Um, so let's uh, let's let, let's let's move on from from uh, NHBC and go to I think these last three or four points. Unless Wheeler, you got a roll. I think we could do a quick hit um, on them. If not. I'm down with shutting down. It's up to you guys. We've, we've, we've been going for about uh, almost two and a half hours. What do you want to do? I told someone on Twitter when he, he wanted me to talk about something quickly. And I said, when it's on the fantasy football fire, it is the Francis Ford Coppola version. So there's nothing quick about it. So I'm here. <laughs> this is the redux version of Apocalypse now in many ways. But Wheeler honestly does have to teach in the morning and it's, for you, almost 12. So 
I, I, I want to give you an out if you want to. I don't want to feel like you're obligated. If you want, well, whatever. Okay, cool. Let's just roll with it. Let's go. Okay. So let's do three. Let's do three shockers, and we'll just kind of try and hit these quickly. Been a, just so you guys know, this has been an awesome, awesome show. Love talking the fantasy good with you guys. Both uh, one and the same, but then quite different uh, approaches, and then. Uh, me as well. So I, I think this has been a good show for our audience. All right. So three shockers. Basically, inter- I'll let you go first, Mo. Any shocking guys, or if you want, we, if you want Wheeler to go first, it's fine. Any shocking calls? Like, any, let's not make it obvious. It's magic, shocking, and all this stuff. But anything that's shocking that has happened, hasn't happened, or as a kind of a um, not none of those coming into the Venn diagram. The actual little vagina um, football-shaped material is what could happen out of these. What's shocking that can happen that hasn't? Well, I mean, certainly when I read the question first, I'm absolutely going to say David Johnson, right? That is shocking. Wheeler said it. I had him. He had him as well. Number one PPR back. I knew from talking to Dave T, he lives in Arizona. I knew the offensive line was scary. I just did not know McCoy was had his head up his ass and is going to be the only person on the planet that doesn't know you need to get the ball to him uh, in the passing game. So that's sort of a, a gimme, I suppose. However, beyond that, if you remember back to last year, we had, and all the names are going to elude me, but Corey Davis, uh, top 10 wide receiver drafted. We had Mike Williams and we had Ross, I believe, were the three. This is off the top of my head. Pretty sure I'm right there. Those guys didn't do shit last year, right? So, shocker to me right now, Corey Davis. Sixth. He is the sixth in target share, team target share. So, we're talking Julio Jones, 39%. I get that. Michael Thompson, uh or Thomas, 38%, I get that. Hopkins, sure. Landry, okay, I can buy that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I'm talking about wide receiver, tight end, running back. Who is getting most target share? I, I get that. Corey Davis, a guy who sunk you last year. If you took him, he has turned it around, getting 33% target share. He's getting 179 air yards. Now, the problem, let's go back to the quarterback position, but Corey Davis, that's a shocker to me. I did not expect expect this big of a bounce back. I didn't expect him to use him this much. Maybe that has to do with the Delaney Walker. So I'm certainly optimistic for Corey Davis. Which is awesome because also he he hasn't he's not blowing anybody's mind whatsoever. So he's still a guy that you can go and people would be potentially down on because a lot of that target share hasn't resulted into the uh, the catch or the touchdown or the big play or the arts. Right. Um, which is which is great. And um, I, once Mariota gets back, I could really see this being a good grab. So I'm I'm buying Davis now. All right, I'm going to do a quick uh, a quick one for me before we uh, hand it over to you, Wheeler. Um, for me, it's the Bears, and there's a lot of shocking things. And I'm not trying to be a homer, but um, I think Trubisky. It's been a little shocking to see. I think he's going to be like a lot like Mariota. He's he's gonna be an all right, not great, almost maybe um, hurt you 
um, from winning bring, from winning a championship. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being hard on him in the second year. But Trubisky for me has not looked. I thought he was going to be a lot better, yeah. and that trickles down and affects the wide receivers. I know Anthony Miller's young, but I was expecting a lot there. Trey Burton's been. I think he had one touchdown or whatever, but been a, been been not great. Uh, target share, going to get excited about that for Alan Miller. Sure. I played against him this week, not winning by very much with no one going on Monday night. And I had zero worry that he was going to have the kind of game that was going to beat me. I was right. Um, I think this is just a, a situation where I think the passing attack and the Bears offense is going to be a little less than we thought. And this was what this brings me to. If you can target and someone will make you a trade for Jordan Howard, the head, the, 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 the coaches, the front office, the media here, everyone realizes the only the defense is great. Everything's great. The only thing we're doing wrong right now is let's make it simple for Trubisky. And how do you do that? Let's just, let's just not think Trubisky is going to be Mahomes, Watt, Watson, uh, whoever else was in front of him and better than him that we uh, that we traded up for erroneously. What I'm going to say, Jordan Howard, that guy, he's already been pretty solid receiving. He's got five targets, four targets. He went five for five on catches. Hasn't gotten a touchdown from it yet. His his, his attempts are way down, but he still has been all right. Yet uh, the game against Seattle much worse than the first one against Green Bay. Jordan Howard is going to be getting a lot more action in that same guise of, um, you know, David Johnson. The team realized we have a sick, sick defense. You want to know what's, you want to know what's shocking? Trubisky is going to pass us around because that's the way the league is. And we need to go to our bread and butter with Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard owners right now are like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Go make a nice trade. Don't try and dick him so it doesn't go through. Make a nice trade for a guy that you're pissed off at. Because Jordan Howard, I like the way he's going to be able to be healthy. You know, it's a tough position. But he's a sturdy mofo. He can take the carries and look at the improvement that he's made in receiving better offense, better offense line, better coaching. That everything just projects to be like Jordan Howard, it should be the main focus of the Bears offense right now with that defense. Let me tell you what's shocking, brother. I'm cracking a Valverde. Valverde. Also, Jordan Howard, standard scoring, 29th running back. Jordan Howard, PPR, 24th. He's a better PPR back than he is a standard. That is shocking. Week three, Jordan Howard, as bad as the freaking Bills are against running backs, Arizona, who through two weeks surrendering surrendering the most PPR points to opposing back. Remember, Jordan Howard's a better PPR back. You heard it here. Jordan Howard's been targeted nine times, eight receptions, 7,200 on DraftKings. I'm all with you, especially this week. Wheeler, who you got, brother? Well, I had um, DJ and... uh... Jordan Howard, but uh, I got one more for you. Um, Philip Lindsay, uh, he's getting more touches in that Broncos backfield. Dave T. Thomas the... special. Yes, that's true. That's right. I remember hearing about him first when on 
the pyro light. I believe it was the first one you did with him this yeah. year. And at the time, he was fifth on the depth chart. He was yep. buried. Nobody was talking about him. And I heard that's exactly what I put him on my taxi squad and yeah. a couple dynasty teams. Yeah, I heard podcasts since then, and people were like, "If you were talking, who heard D- Lindsay? Who was talking about him before?" I'm like, "God damn it, I was with Dave T. Thomas." <laughs> Yeah, I know I heard you talk about him, but I'm still shocked. Like, yeah. like yeah, for him, for sure. he, he he leads uh, the running backs in snaps, routes run, and touches. Like, the, everybody was on uh, Freeman, and uh, Staggs was on Booker, and then here comes Lindsey out of nowhere, and uh, he, he's making me look, or you guys telling me about Lindsey has made me look pretty smart in a couple of dynasty leagues right now. So yeah, yeah it, to me, that's, that's one of the more shocking things. And actually going back to Chicago, Tariq Cohen doing nothing is kind of shocking to me. I was, I was pretty heavy on him this year and I haven't seen much out of him. Well, you saw that first, the first half of week one, it looked like Tariq Cohen was going to be literally, uh, yeah. 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 it was insane. I was like, Whoa. Holy shit! I knew you were you liked calling uh, this offseason. As did another. As did Stags. Stags loved calling this, and, and and a lot of people that I truly respect. I don't think he's done. I think he's going to have. No, a great I don't season. think he's done that either. Is, uh, In fact, this yeah, week could be his week. He's going to have a great season. You're still on point with him. But that first yeah. half of the first game, I was like, oh my god, these guys are going to give this guy the ball twenty times a week, and I think they I, again. I think it goes back to how I opened this thing up. I think you're going to start seeing Cohen and and Jordan Howard, and they're going to be like, I think Nagy's going to kind of put a little bug in, in, in Trubisky's little side. Like, until I think that you're our weapon, we're going to use our weapons. And right now, yeah. Trubisky, unless he runs, which he's incredibly mobile and awesome, when he pulls it in and runs, it is great. But let's talk about how many quarterbacks over the last 20 years that that's the game. He looks like um, not Jake Locker to me right now. He literally looks like Jake Locker. Okay. Like, when he pulls it in or runs, awesome. Yeah. Like, how long are you going to yeah. last? Um, he looks great when he does that. How long are you going to last in the league? Ask uh, RG3. Ask uh, hmm. Luck. Ask uh, Aaron Rodgers. You can't, it just doesn't work. It do, ask Mariota. It does not work um, doing that. Um, so I think the Bears are smart enough to realize that defense, and God bless that defense. They're just gonna be like, you know what? Let's get Tariq on some short, some awesome little trickery, some action, and let's let's ride a running game. And then there'll be hopefully by week eight, Trubisky will be like, all right, coach, I got it, I got it. Um, let's move on. Any other, um, real quick though, we were talking Jordan Howard, uh, a great play against Arizona, but talk about a game stack DFS, uh, Jordan Howard with the bears defense bears leading all defenses with 10 sacks against a porous Arizona offensive line. They're going to get a lead. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play defense. Jordan Howard stack with the bears. Uh, I like that, uh, game stack in DFS. Awesome. Any other shockers you guys want to quickly talk about, or maybe your, we, your uh, boy, yeah, Tyler yeah. Boyd, Boyd, yeah. But what do you have? Nine targets last week against the Ravens. I think yeah. he's coming on. He's going to be pretty good. I, I'm pretty sure you uh, you were on him, D Rex. Well, you know why? 
You know why? This is another thing. Just talk about Pyro Light, Mo, and and Dave T. Because Dave T was going ballistic. He's like, I love fucking Boyd, and I'm listening to that wide receiver show. And Mo's trying to pull out, uh, you know, not, not trying to pull out. You were doing your thing and saying, "Hey, is uh, is, is the rookie from last year going to be able John to Ross? Uh, yeah. Ross? Is Ross going to be able to do something and help out Andrew Green?" Yeah. It's like Ross Moss. Like, yeah, that guy's great, and um, he's got the speed, but he just doesn't have the other stuff. He's, like, all in on Boyd. I'm like, you know what? They got rid of friggin' um, – I'm spacing even his name right now because Patriots. LaFell. Garbage. And he's like, this guy – they got rid of him because this guy's better. He had, he had a bad year last year, like, in general, in his life and on the field. Um so that my call, I love that you gave a shout out because I definitely was um, in our show and in other shows, like putting him on a pedestal on Boyd and this opportunity, all Dave T. <laughs> well, and look at what's happened, Boyd, 20% target share, John Ross, less than 10. Boyd, 139 air yards, John Ross, 47. Yeah. There it, you go. It, 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 it's a good one. And AJ Green, it just looks like in general – talking about some of the coaching staffs and like, you're going to get fired if you don't do this. I think Andy Dalton realizes it's like, I'd rather throw an interception trying to get the ball to AJ green. Who's probably the best player in the league. To be honest, AJ green is the same way. Marshall used to be um, Brandon Marshall when he was sick. Uh, same way. A lot of hall of fame, like guys that you're willing to just, fuck it and chuck it and get that 50-50 ball. It's like, if he doesn't catch it, at least you know he's a sick DB and he's not going to make it happen. A.J. Green's probably the best in the league at it. Um, if, if Dalton throws that thing out of nowhere and just says it, it's you or him, the other guy doesn't intercept the ball. Um, and I just think that Dalton's realizing just pepper it, force it. We saw it with with Baker Mayfield. There was three throws last night that Baker made that he's like, I'm just going to wing this in there, and the guy catches it or doesn't, but it's gonna, it, we're not going to be worse off. Um, so, anyway, I think that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that Boyd call. Because I have AJ in both my leagues, I'm not going to, like, pick him up, but maybe I should. But he's available hey, in both leagues. I might pick him up just to block others. I mean, right? Like, is that a handcuff? I've never even thought of a handcuff wide receiver. But, I mean, AJ has gotten hurt before. Anyway, boy, great call. Anyone else? I like that, Wheeler. Uh, you got any other guys you want to quickly throw out, Mo, on the uh, Shockers? or? No, let's, let's roll to the next category. Uh, stashes, same thing. These are guys that are, like, maybe some of the outlier, outliers of, hey, I'm shocked this guy's been awesome like a boy. Boyd probably falls into this line, but who are some guys that you think are worth stashing now going ahead of the grain foreshadowing, like by almost like a week, two weeks, three weeks, who cares how long, if you have the space and the bench to do so, who are some guys that you want to go after a little bit under the radar type guys that you want to go after grab. And when the picks made, it's kind of like, wow, that guy's got nothing going on. I don't understand that one at all. And you're just kind of using your genius and knowing what you do and doing what you know and making a great call. Who's a stash guy 
that might have a nice later season, not, might get going in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to hand it off to you first, Wheeler. Who's the guy that you're kind of like, this guy, I'm just going to grab him for a later day. And for both of you guys, Dynasty, obviously, um, we've mentioned some amazing players in this game, on this show that are super, super under the radar. I, I made a real-time pickup on one of them. Thank you. Um, but who, who, who are you thinking, Wheeler? A no couple of them. Bunch. A, a couple of them I already kind of mentioned, like uh, we talked about. Not that he's under the radar. He's still on everybody's radar. But Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, uh, Duke Johnson, I think, is going to bounce back by, and have a strong second half of the season. Um James Washington, the uh, rookie wide receiver in Pittsburgh. Uh, I talked about him earlier. But uh, keep in mind that uh, C.J. Anderson on Carolina, McCaffrey's. there's no way he's going to be able to keep up his workload. So C.J. Anderson is going to have to see some time. And uh, if Matt McCaffrey goes down, he's going to pick right up. Um, uh, Sony Michelle, he's been injured. Um, he's coming back. Yeah, he's got uh, – Burkhead there and White's been doing pretty well, but he, Sony Michelle is set up for a uh, prime time in the second half of the season. Um, a couple rookies that we really haven't seen much from yet that are, are bound to pop up in the second half of the season, uh, Rashad Penny and Ronald Jones. Um, I also have uh, Corey Grant written down here. Uh, and just a couple really deep kind of keep on your radar, you know, just to, Keep them in mind. Um, in Tampa Bay, uh, Barber hasn't done anything, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of an appearance from Jacquez Rogers. Um, and then in Buffalo, uh, with McCoy getting into all his trouble and hurt and everything, I think the running back to kind of grab there is uh, Murphy. I think it's Mike Murphy. Um, I, I know in preseason Murphy looked fantastic. Uh, he was getting the ball a ton, and I'm pretty sure he won me money in a DF, uh, in yeah, in DFS one week. But uh, I, I think Murphy is the guy in Chicago, not uh, Ivory, or uh, not in Chicago, in Buffalo. Marcus, uh, that, Marcus Murphy. Marcus Murphy. There you go. And I'm, um, I'm looking that up. I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm real time on the interwebs. Yeah, Marcus Murphy. Yeah, I think I think he's the. Uh, if and not that you ever want to start anybody on Buffalo, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sure Ivory isn't the answer, and Murphy's a pass catching back too, so you might see the rookie uh, Allen start to dump it off to him a decent amount, especially if McCoy is out any kind of extended time. Dude, I love that. Nice work. All right, uh, Mo, you got you got you got some stashes you want to lay down. Lay down like boom, 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 quick hitters. Yeah, I can do some quick hitters. A bunch of names. Most of them are probably going to be dynasty guys. But we, we talked about Corey Grant. I think Chubb, if we're talking way down the line, he PFF loves the guy, the way he's running, yards after catch. But, of course, it's Hyde's, Hyde's year. Eckler, we've been seeing this, and you know there's going to come a time when they're not going to want to pay for Gordon. He's going to go make some money elsewhere. Eckler's going to be the next man up. Talk about Josh Adams, deep throw there. Uh, you know what? Another Dave T. Thomas, uh, Godert, Goddard, not sure how to say it, but when Ertz leaves, also one of the famous Dave T. emails that I get now that Wentz is back in the driver's seat, he thinks he's going to see some more Godert. 
Uh, we're going to see Rosen, I think, sooner than later. Uh, just to reaffirm some names that Wheeler said, Aaron Jones, I like that. I do think it's going to be interesting now that Mayfield is there. We're going to see Callaway get some more looks. We're going to see Duke Johnson, hopefully. Allen Robinson should be doing better. He might be capped by Trubisky, but he's a name. Uh, Terrell Pryor, we're seeing his name come up. You know, I'm still liking the Chris Hogan. I'm still liking the Cortland Sutton. He's a lot closer than people realize. Yeah. And in fact, Marius Thomas, he's actually getting more targets, more air yards than Emmanuel Sanders. It's just been Sanders that has been getting the getting the love. But uh, Cortland Sutton, man, he he's a guy to hang on to, and I think he's going to be more integral as the year goes on. Um, it's just some other real small Royce Freeman. I do think he's going to get his eventually, even though Lord knows, Lord knows I love Lindsay. Lindsay's a Kamara guy though. They're going to get into some game scripts. They are going to get into games when they're going to need to run the ball. Royce Freeman. I mean, let's go back to the preseason. He looked fan fantastic everybody was talking to the lsu guys and uh chubb and sony michelle and darius geis preseason hits and we saw freeman he just looked fantastic it's Lindsay's thing but once they get with the lead positive game scripts i'm really liking royce to come back for second half yeah i'm with you there i agree with that wholeheartedly right now and i know he's up he's up since and I almost feel like this is a joke by, by Google. But do a search, Lindsay Broncos on Google, and he'll be the box on the right talking about his career. Obviously, he went to Boulder. He's from Denver, now playing for the uh, Broncos. Pretty sweet story. But I'm shitting on him and making these stats up. Um, he's 5'8". Their weight that they have him is 165. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, he's not, he can't be 165. He's more like 185 or a little bit. Like he's got to put on some NFL weight. But literally, if you do the search, I'm going by Google right now. That's it. So I love the Royce Freeman right now. Like, whoa, he's a third, fourth rounder. People are like, this sucks. Go yeah. in, zig on that zag. Uh, pounce on a dude that someone's already hating on so much. You got it. You're gonna have to give him something. You know, not gar- You do your trade. But I, Royce Freeman, by the end of the season, his he's listed as I think two sixty or like two forty five. This guy is enormous. He's almost a hundred pounds heavier than this guy. Probably runs a uh, faster uh, forty. Whatever. There's no way Philip Lindsay is going to be able to keep this going. It's just not possible. Yeah, I agree with that. Something on the uh, Sutton call too. Um, Demarius Thomas is getting more air yards and targets, but he's got a case of the drops lately. Like I'm, I'm a huge Demarius Thomas fan and I saw him drop three in the last game. And it, it's just, he looks like that hip is bothering him again. And it's just kind of, he's not able to turn his torso and get around to the ball when it's thrown to him. So Cortland Sutton might be a, a, a quick stash you want, might want to add soon. Yeah, and you could see uh, owners that maybe drafted him that are, are seeing what Sanders is doing. And I just think, especially Dynasty, there's no way both those guys are there next year. Although I think they're both contracts, I believe, go to 2020. Anderson and – or uh, Sanders, excuse me, Sanders and Thomas. But I just don't think they're going to be there next year. 
Uh, I think guys are going to be sour on him, just like a Royce Freeman. Those are the guys I think you can go out and grab. Awesome. Love it. Um, you guys covered a lot of the dudes that I was uh, vibing on. I'll, I'll throw out a couple more. One of them we talked about earlier with Latavius Murray, just because obviously Cook's out this week. Um, but there's something that tells me that, you know, Cook is banged up. He looks great when he's going, but coming off a serious injury, I think the Vikings want him for long term. I'm, I'm a little worried. I think they're going to start pulling him back a little bit. The fact that he's already hurt, it's, it's problematic for them. I certainly, I certainly think you're going to see Latavius Murray take over all the goal line work. Uh, they're going to keep Cook away from yeah. that heavy combat. And I think you might see a 60-40 split towards Cook, but that 40% will be the, the goal line touches and the tough yardage. And totally. Latavius Murray will get points that way for sure. Totally agree. I think you're going to start moving, whereas week one, week two, up until injury, I feel like it was the Cook show, maybe a kind of guy that's going to get the 80% of the workload um, plus. Uh, now I think they're, they're, the team's going to be like, all right, let's not, let's not – we've got a great team. Let's not fuck this up. We're going to have to even it out a bit. So I like that Latavius Murray, not just for this weekend – but I think just in general, um, he's going to be a great pick. Uh, Jameson Crowder, I feel like each week he's, I'm, he's on uh, one of my teams, but, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm a fan of him. I, you never want him to be like you're, you know, he's basically a flex guy or if you have to play three wide receivers. But I feel like Crowder is the one guy that's kind of losing out right now. They're trying to make sure – uh, see what they've got in their new um, in Richardson, who's kind of been a not great so far, and then also in Doxon, uh, a guy they're still trying to um, <laughs> tell the staff, "Hey, we drafted this guy in the first round. We got to make him into something." Uh, but I think they're I think Smith is a check downer. I think Smith is realizing swiftly that uh, Crowder is his best receiver. Um, and I think one of those things we talked about earlier was Chris uh, is he's throwing it out of the backfield. He's checking it down that way, but I feel like it's going to even out a little bit more. Jameson Crowder is a guy that I think foreshadowing for a second half great season. And again, I'm pretty sure every year that he has a good season, I don't think he did great last year, but he's a second half guy. So I like a, I like a Crowder as someone that has probably already been dumped or still around, but I think if you can get them on your team, don't don't love them so much right in the here and now, but in the in the, in the coming weeks, um, he's going to be a good a deeper wide receiver three flex kind of guy, uh, bye week uh, plug in, and um, Crowder I'm down with. Yeah, I like the Crowder call. <laughs> all right, anyone else want to go or um... – I think we, I think in all honesty, if not, I think this shows even that the next segment that we initially had, we've covered all the shit. I got a yeah. few written down, like oh. uh, real quick, just you know the good. If we we're gonna do that, Galladay, I'd still think he's gonna be. I could easily see Galladay leading Detroit in touchdowns and leading Detroit in yards. I really think he's a guy that you want to buy. Uh, another guy, nobody's going to like this, but Lamar Miller, he's got six red zone 
rushing attempts right now. He's not seeing defenses stack the box. He's not seeing base defenses going up against them. Uh, obviously, they've got a quarterback. They've got a deep threat. That you know, They're focused on the cornerbacks. The guy's getting 4.9 yards a carry. He's a name that's not popular. Uh, certainly this week I could see him doing well against the Giants, but he's a name I could see doing better simply because they're focused on the wide receivers and the quarterback, and he's he's doing well and he's going under the radar. Um, just a few guys uh, I was kind of thinking about. I also think Robbie Anderson is just too good not to do better. I mean, goodness gracious. I, I talked about the comparison between last year, Cook's, and Robbie Anderson, I mean, they were basically basically the same player. And one guy had McCown thrown to him, right? And the other guy had Tom Brady. And they were the same player. I think they're going to get it straightened out, and I think Robbie Anderson's going to have a better second half than first. Hey, um, Wheeler, I like I like those calls. Wheeler, uh, Kiki Kute, I know that that was a dude that um, I'm pretty sure that you were liked or, or pointed me in the direction of. Stag party, I know, like Talking in the in, in the uh, ideal of, um, of of a little bit later down the road, and we know he's been banged up so far. Is if he was healthy today, is Kiki the third wide receiver on that team, or is it still um, uh, what's his name, Braxton Miller? Ellington. No, Braxton Miller got he's out. Oh. Of- uh, it's Ellington. Yeah, Ellington. That's a not Andre, but uh, not, not Duke. Yeah. Andre, um, yeah. Duke's, Duke's I, I, I think right now it's, uh, it's Ellington, but, uh, well, as far as the third wide receiver, um, but for right now, we were talking about, uh, Fuller earlier, as long as Fuller is in the lineup, he, he's the, he's the other guy to have besides Hopkins. Um, no, Watson. About it, but we know yeah. Fuller, we know Fuller's going to get hurt. Right. And- the right. question I got is Kiki the third guy now, if he was healthy, let's say it's in week five. You know, we're talking about in the future, foreshadowing style. If, if in week five, Kiki's healthy, all systems go, is he ahead of Ellington or not really? And then when, Phil, when Fuller does get hurt week seven and is gone for eight weeks, sorry, I know that sounds dickish, but part of course, <laughs> um, is Kiki, and to go to your dynasty levels, is Kiki a guy that has a great future later this season and next year and beyond? He's the kind of guy that you want to stash on a taxi squad. Um, just, you know, a lot of dynasty leagues have four or five guys that, you know, aren't necessarily in the roster and you can get just rookies you can hold on to. Um He's one of those guys for me. Just, I want to see him back. I want to see him get healthy before, you know, I'm going to make a judgment call on that. Um, Ellington has stepped up when Fuller goes out, goes out. I mean, not to Fuller's capability, but he's pretty solid there. So Kiki would, if and when Fuller goes out, sure, Kiki would be the third wide receiver there, but he would have to build that rapport with Watson too. So, um, I, I mean, yes, I'm still considering him a, a deep, deep stash, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure we see much from him this year, but he could, he could break out in the second half. Nice work, guys. Kiki, uh, Kiki, Kiki Cutie is the name. Uh, when I talked to 
um, Sigmund Bloom, that was always early on in the season, the drinking game, because he always mentioned him so much. But, yeah, it just hasn't been healthy. He's a great dynasty guy. I, I liked him. I think I picked him up uh, on a league as a, as a flyer. Don't have him anymore. But, yeah, Bruce Ellington, not Braxton. Bruce um, has been stepping up, man. 16% target share. That's impressive. I, I thought it would be QT. Just uh, I like him as a deep stash as well. He's got the talent. For sure. Yeah. Awesome stuff, guys. Hey, Friday night, no let, no natty lights. Good times. I know that I've had a nice buzz from, uh, at this point, I'm on an Atom Smasher, oak-aged Oktoberfest-style lager by two brothers, moving through um, the smorgasbord in the fridge. Mo, always love talking fantasy with you. Um, it's awesome just to have uh, both of you in my life talking fantasy and texting on the side. Uh, we've all got a number of different uh, threads, one with one another, um, talking about fantasy and pyro and all the other great things that each of you do in life and beyond. And uh, it's, it's awesome to be able to do a show. It's 11-11, make a wish, on, um, on Friday night with you guys. And I think we've talked a bit, and we'll do them here and there. It's nothing uh, we're committing to on a regular basis. I know I won't be able to do it next week. I'm going to go watch uh, my nephew play a Friday Night Lights actual game. He's a high schooler. Um, But just awesome to talk with you dudes. Love Wheeler so much. High fives. A guy that I, um, you know, we've never met face-to-face and had a beer and, and, and hugged one another, but... I know it's going to happen soon, and and uh, you're my guy. Uh, Pyro Mo came across one another in the same way. I have hugged you plenty. Uh, sometimes you've gotten a little creepy on those hugs. Um, <laughs> but we love, we love drinking beer. We love talking fantasy. Um, you're just an awesome, kind soul. So happy to have a show with both you guys, and you guys give each other a kiss, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll shout out and we'll move on. Hey, let me do uh, one quick, and and by the way, like, you know, we don't have to do those hugs anymore, unless you're into it, because then uh, we can talk. I love hugging you, dude. But uh, (laughs) real real quick, uh, one little promo for the Pyro Light Thrive Fantasy. If you want to get in on some prop action, uh, put in at least 10 bucks. They're going to match you 10 bucks. I'll tweet out the thing at Pyromaniac Mo. Uh, but you use the promo code, basically Pyro Light. I'll tweet it out. They'll throw you a free ten bucks. Thrive Fantasy. It's a little different way of doing DFS and some prop bets. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. And I love you both. And uh, this was my pleasure. So good. No, this is definitely a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you guys, and including me and all the Pyro stuff, and giving me opportunity last year to do news feeds and just kind of connect and network and. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting meeting you guys someday. If you have one of those meetups, uh, I'm I'm gonna make a trip out to Chicago for sure. Um, I, and I'm I'm gonna plug uh, my cousin's website that I do a lot of my stuff on NFLmock.com. Um, you can find my rankings there. Uh, I always post a couple articles a week, a waiver wire, uh, you know, uh, the news, or usually it's just my process I go through, but. Uh, Give me a visit there. I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate all the pyro things that are going on. And uh, it's been awesome talking with you guys.
It's the best. It's the best. Uh, respect you guys both so much. Always appreciate you coming on. It's Friday night. We're going to shut it down. Good luck with uh, giving your, uh, your your kids tomorrow in the morning. Wheeler, giving them that uh, that knowledge of a of a real world sort. And um, happy that we could uh, pass the time for you. We said I said I said in our text earlier today. I'm like, yeah, we'll do like an hour and a half or a two hour show. We're full on pyro yeah. heavy, three hours. I'm not complaining. I'm going to sleep in. I'm shocked, to be honest. Last thing I'm going to say, I, had, I was at this bet with my dog today. She wouldn't let him look in her ear. She had like an ear infection. She, they gave me drugs to give to her. So gave him and she come back in two hours. She'll be more sedated. We'll be able to do what we need. I'm like, all right. So brought her back in two hours and like came back. Like, yeah, it was better, but not great. The drugs that I gave her right now, she has not moved. I'm not kidding. Three hours before we started recording, it's 11.15 here. I am not kidding. She has not moved in six hours. Her heart's breathing. I had to go check on her a couple times. Everything's good. But she is just absolutely sedated. Um, so not, uh, what's the date? Again on a pyro podcast, but oh my God, even on Tuesday's show. At, up at the lake. She kept getting up, scratching at the door. Like, I was, I had to shut it down. Like, no, get the fuck out. And she was, like, all anxious. Like, I'm going to start sedating her and this stuff. Super, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Because I, I, I'm actually a little. I figured, uh, but if I you, figured you'd be taking the sedation drugs. Hey, yeah, I, I was going to say, what's the name of that? Dog, what's the name of that uh, prescription there? I've got, like, they gave me an extra four, to be honest. Yeah, that's for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a pyro meetup in November. Um, I'll make sure it was October fifth last year. We had a good time. I'm going to do a new venue. I'm going to figure out. I'm going to work on this thing. November, like let's say a little under two months. We're going to meet up. I'll give you a little time so you can uh, get a flight out here. You're welcome to stay at my place. Most you stay at my place. We'll figure it out. Um, Let's. We're gonna have one of those pyro meetup parties happening in, in November. It'll be a yeah, party. we had a good good turnout last time. That was such a blast. All right, guys, I love you. High fives across the interwebs. Um, good stuff all around. I wish both of you and all of our listeners great luck in week three. Like any sport, you gotta you gotta be winning early. It really makes things early, uh, more helpful for down the road. Nothing worse than having an awesome team that comes together at the right time, but you started out slow and there just weren't enough weeks, no matter what format you had to uh, pull out the victories to make the playoffs. So make the right decisions. Listen to uh, Moe and Wheeler, listen to Stag Party, listen to Pyro, listen to the other people that you respect across the industry and uh, do your own take on that. Don't just take their uh, advice and their pick outright. And uh, you're always going to be in a good place. Wheeler, high five. Love you. Mo, high five. Love you. Peace. Peace.